Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Dirty Nappies Podcast. And all the millions listening around the world, or the few that's listening, that is. <laughs> um, I'm your hey, host. I was Go gonna ahead. say, I was, I was gonna say, man. Hey, don't don't. We was humbled on podcast number one. We ain't humble no more, man. We we global. We global pioneers of this podcasting business, man. We got millions of followers, man. Millions in our minds, of course. You know, like, <laughs> like that song. Say, I'm a pimp. I'm a pimp in my own mind. <laughs> we million dollar listeners in our own mind. But yeah, welcome to Dirty Nappies Podcast. It's your, I'm your host here, Mikhail, along, um, aside my esteemed colleague. What's going Guaja. on? What's going on, everybody, man? Follow us on, on Instagram if you can. My boy, Spain Town Shocker, and me, K the King. Uh, I, I got to say this early because we forgot last time, but please, man, follow our, our Instagram page for the podcast, Dirty Nappies Pod, on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, we'd love to uh, hear your feedback and, uh, you know, whatever comments questions concerns you guys may have we're definitely open to, to hear that and please once again you know we're very solid guys um we take feedback positive and negative please yeah. please it, it helps it helps us grow as, as people as well as as how the podcast go as well too facts facts and shout out to the people that did man give us feedback there's a lot of people that uh i didn't even expect it to be perfect line with you so like from the bottom of my heart um like i said i told everybody last week this is this is kind of outside of my comfort zone i'm not really a um a public guy. Neither one of us really are. So to put ourselves out there is definitely an uncomfortable situation. So to have people that I never thought would reach out and like, you know, literally give me some feedback and, and tell me they listened to it, you know, uh, was, uh, was definitely a surprising and a, a uplifting feeling. So for those out there that did, man, I really appreciate you guys and gals. <laughs> so I want to say happy new year into the 2021 to everybody listening right now. And um, I have to say that the year started off with a bang. We thought things couldn't get any worse. And then, of course, boom. Part, well, before it got worse, COVID, when the highest cases ever reached on a single day happened. Um, wow. Thank you, all the, thank you everybody that went, went out to Miami and brought that back to your state. Uh, no, <laughs> thank all of y'all. And, of course, the storm in the Capitol happened. Ugh. So I'm gonna let you. Well, I'm gonna let you start off with this one, Kay. How you feel about that? What's going on so far with the uh, government? I mean, capital? I mean, like, I mean, before that, Happy New Year, like you said, man. Sir. Happy New Year to you, bro. I hope your New Year came in great. I know we talked a little bit, but um, you know, it's a new year, um, and um, I know people have resolutions and all that kind of stuff. And if you know me, I'm not really that big into like New Year in terms of anything. I feel like you know, you you control your day, wherever day that is. Uh, make the best of it. Um, you know, sometimes people get caught up in New Year's resolutions and it's hard to keep them. Uh, and then they're like, oh, wait till next year. Nah, man, just just live in the moment, live in your day and try to be, you know, the best person we can be every day. But uh, outside of that, man, I hope this year is full of blessings and, and success for all of us, you you included, family, listeners. But um, but happy New Year. But um, yeah, man, the storming of the Capitol, man, uh, you know, uh, not to get too personal, but you know, it happened the day before my birthday, so it was really an interesting present. <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, maybe almost, I, maybe almost forget your birthday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, a lot of people almost forget. It was I made me almost forget? I didn't want to celebrate. I mean, it's been crazy anyway, so I didn't really expect to do anything. You know, uh, normal I would with everything else going on in the world, but I don't know. I don't really know what to tell you, man. Um, I saw it just like everyone else did. Of course, I was glued to my phone. And um, it was just kind of surreal, like, you know, seeing something like that. I mean, 
I know uh, this is a very uh, privileged thing to say, but like I always mention, you and I have different backgrounds. You know, we're, we're uh, I know my family's from Pakistan and you from Jamaica. So we have a little bit of a different view on uh, worldly things and politics in terms of what happens in other countries. And, and I'm very quick to say that regardless of what has occurred politically in this country, we still live in a very like, you know, blessed country to be in compared to other countries in the world. Um, so to, but to see that was, I was still a little shocking, you know, to see, uh, the Capitol, you know, essentially get, uh, raided the way it did. And, um, and, you know, I, I'm not gonna lie in the moment, I just thought it was a bunch of crazy, you know, crazy people that, you know, just was, you know, having some fun going crazy. And, you know, it takes one person to, like I say, you know the, the the broken glass theory, man. Like if you if you see a car parked, and um, it can be parked on the street forever, and nothing can go wrong with it. The first time somebody breaks a window, you come back, every window's broken. The cars because once once something happens, people just think it can it doesn't matter anymore. So I thought maybe it was one idiot that broke a window or jumped in, and then you know human beings have a tendency to be followers, and I just thought a bunch of people that went down there to have some fun, just like oh let's. Let's go into the Capitol. So that was my first thought. I was, I mean, I was just like, wow, this is really happening. But then, man, like, as, you know, a couple of days have gone by and, you know, people have come out with reports and, and you know, to see that, yeah, there might have been some people that didn't know what the heck they were doing. And they were just like, hey, I'm along for the ride. There were a lot of people that were in there literally trying to do some real damage, um, you know, in terms of potentially hurting people kidnapping politicians i mean it it was a lot crazier than i think the even the news initially was reporting it oh yeah and a shout out to the um that one cop i forgot his name who actually led the protesters away from where the delegates were that that was like when the heads up moving it's crazy to think that imagine if for a slight second he didn't make that decision and they were to actually enter a room how everything would have changed this whole landscape of of how we view uh, politicals or oh. uh, how, how, what things could have happened. They actually were captured with the guy with the zip ties and they would actually take the yeah. papers that actually told the election for each state how they basically the government would have been held hostage. Yeah. And another thing, what you just said, I'm, I, I've seen the picture a lot, right? First of all, shout out to that cop too. Um, I didn't, when I first saw the video, the day of, I didn't know any backstory behind it. I just saw one cop kind of being like, you know, scared backwards or whatever. But then when I found out later that he literally looked to the left and saw where that door was to the to the uh, chambers and he decided, oh, I can't go that way. Let me go this way. That was something like I would have never, never thought about. Um, but uh, the zip tie comment, man, I keep I keep hearing people talking about zip ties. These weren't zip ties, bro. These were like little human restraint straps. Like, I could buy some zip ties from Home Depot to use in my arts and crafts project. This this dude in the picture with the zip ties was walking around with some straight, legitimate, like, heavy-duty, oh, you're, you're being detained. Yeah, that's, that's what the cops hold you down with. Right. So when people say zip ties, it almost seems like, oh, it's just some random guy that went to the local Ace Hardware. Like, nah, these were some... They, they was ready to put some people in a hostage situation. There wasn't no simple, like... You know, I just want people to like visualize like these people came in with the idea of straight hostages. And, um, you know, I'm glad nothing happened. And again, I always put this disclaimer out. You and I um, are not political 
experts or, you know, we don't have any political science degrees or we're not in like politics. But um, it, it wasn't a, it, this wasn't about a Democratic Republican thing. I feel like this shouldn't happen in any country, especially here I mean, where we live. But politics are politics. People disagree on things all the and time. A, a, uh, but and you, another thing I want to say about the whole politics thing, I'm glad yeah. you mentioned the whole Democrats or Republican thing, because I've had it's crazy. It's it's. I want to say it. I've I've had actual conversations with people itself with about the whole Democrats or Republicans and how people view you. If you're a minority, you should be Democrats. And I'm saying, well, have you done your history? No, I'm not a political at all because to me, I'm not tied to one party or another. I look at the person and look at what they're bringing. So if a person wants to be Republican, but what they're doing is for the betterment of the people, why would I not vote for that person? You know, I'm going to look at every little aspect of it, because if we look back in history, it's flip flop between who we view Republicans and Democrats were, because back in the back in the days, uh, Republicans were minorities, were uh, people of color. Uh, and then it got switched over to where people looked at Republicans being uh, uh, rich white people or not even just white, just the rich uh, people itself. And so who are trying to put down the lower class. So it's like. Things flip flop. So as I said, I don't pay attention to oh, if you're a Republican or you're a Democrat. I pay attention to what your values are and what you're trying to do to the betterment of or what's going to benefit me as a person and the community in, in this in this our country in general. And yeah, so so I mean, yeah, no, hundred percent. Like the principle of what you're saying, obviously, I agree with. Right, um, me and this, this is me personally. You know, um, I I have chosen to always align myself with, you know, whoever I think is, is going to help the greater population of people, the people that are less fortunate, even if that means I get, I don't know, tax more. I'm, I'm willing to accept that if it means the majority of people have a better tomorrow. Um, and that, that right now, I guess, leans towards the Democratic side. I think, but what's happened in the last four years, unfortunately, you know, because I feel like you you do need differing opinions. I mean, in terms of politics, I mean, you never want everyone to just be thinking the same oh, yeah. way. Oh yeah, uh, otherwise, oh yeah, most it's, definitely. It's, it's a dic- yeah, it's a dictator. Well, I mean, however, I mean, we're humans; we're naturally going to have different opinions on things. Right. Yeah. How, how, however, like in the last four years, and even just this past election, I mean, again, not about political thing, but I feel like seventy what, 73 million people still voted for, you know, Mr. Trump. And I feel like a lot of those people probably look themselves in the mirror and tell themselves, well, I, I don't really like the man, but the policies, the da-da-da, blah-blah-blah. My thing is, I can never pick policy over decency. Um, you know, like, at the end of the day, you can try, people can remove themselves from saying, well, I didn't really vote for the storming of the Capitol, but I voted for him anyways. Well, it's like it's, you can't like pick and choose. You 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 voted for all of this. You know what I mean? And unfortunately, he's made it that way. Like, do I know some people that are very aggressive? You know, not aggressive, but very like uh, devout conservatives. Yeah, I know a lot of them, and I've heard them talk, and I've heard them. You know, and I and in many ways, I understand why they think that way. Um, but you know, that's just you know, like I said. People change. I think it's okay to have your opinions on things, and but I think the last four years, unfortunately, is is not been about uh, just politics. It's been about human humanity 
It's been about decency. It's been about, you know, racism. It's been about xenophobia. It's been about a lot of things that had nothing to really do with politics. So it's hard for me to just be like, oh, well, I'm voting politically. No, man, like, I can't, I can't vote for this guy. You know what I mean? Like, it's the same way R. Kelly basically don't get any play on radio no more. You know what I mean? Yeah, you might like his music, but by playing his music all day on your playlist, you're still saying, I don't care about everything else. You still, you still put money in his pocket by playing it on the regular. So, Right. So to me, it's like, yeah, it sucks. R. Kelly is one of my favorite artists of all time. I'm t- I'm saying that, like, for me. But I made a decision. I was like, no, I, it's hard to, like, so, but sometimes we have to make stands and go against. I have I decided actively to not play R. Kelly on my playlist no more, even though I love this man's music, because I felt like for the greater good, it probably wasn't the best thing for me to do. And let me stand with the people that, you know, have been affected by and and people like R. Kelly affect people every day like that, then to me, me jamming to, you know, step in the name of love ain't as important anymore. You know what I mean? And then, so and then you could but anyways back mm-hmm. Yeah, but so you could just use the same analogy for like for instance, like with the whole brand, I'm not trying to build the whole R. Kelly situation all into the politics or two those two are not mutually exclusive. Uh, no, but no, no, no. but uh the aspect of like of what you hear from what you believe in, uh some people look past it. And so I, some people look at the whole Trump situation and say, wow, that's crazy. How could we not look past? How could you people vote for him and not look past the things he says and does? Well, it, same could apply to the people who would still listen to his music and look past his uh, look, all, look past all the things he's done, uh, not just to, to the younger people, but all the things he's uh, done to buy himself to be in jail and the decisions he's made over and over and over again. And you and you still support his music. That it's almost the same situation. It's two different oh, two yeah. different extremes, with the same situation. It's how yeah. you, it's your mental thought, it's your mental aspect, how you look at things. You can't let and, one and, go, but then be upset yeah. with the other. And, and, my, and my thing is, I'm not here to say that the opposite of you know, in this scenario, Trump is 100 percent perfect. No, 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 no. Like, unfortunately, like we, we've mentioned this before between you and I. Unfortunately, this is the system that we have. I'm not saying I love the system. I'm actually not a fan of the current political system. That I'll go on record saying every day. But when we have the system that we have, we have to operate and pick who we, whatever we think is the lesser of the two evils or whatever may bring the, the most betterment for the majority of, of our, our country's people. That matters to me. It's just personal. That matters to me more than, you know, me getting a tax break or the rich getting richer. Like I want everyone to be, be well off, but it's hard for me to like accept, Oh yeah, man, with this uh, leadership, I'm going to have less taxes where, you know, the majority of the country is still struggling to figure out where they're going to eat dinner tonight. Like, you know, so to me, I, I, I personally can't like be okay with voting for someone that betters my, so now I'm, I'm fine eating, but with this person, Oh, now I can eat. Uh, why go beef every night and, and that's, that's great and that's a disclaimer itself that some people vote that way which is perfectly fine oh, yeah. and some people have that mentality and which I'm, I'm perfectly fine with because that's who you are because yeah. your interest and that's why I think a lot of people miss the point is that just because you voted for Trump does not make you a racist um, you you could vote for your own aspects of I have a huge company and by him giving no, me no, these no, tax no, breaks no. I, I, I'll say this it, doesn't, it, it may not make you a racist but you're basically saying it's okay. You're okay with voting for one. Exactly. And to me, that's just as bad. Yeah. 
And that's what I said. I have no problem, but you do understand that, as we said, everything that you, decision that you make come with certain repercussions and consequences. Like you as, and that's just, that's part of life. And you're, you're going to be judged that way. And that's, you got to deal with it. Same way how you're perfectly fine with everybody else not being able to afford certain things, but you make more, you should be perfectly fine with them being to judge you when things go the other way. A, a, a sword goes both ways. Yeah. But, but like going back to just the capital stuff, man, like some of the stuff I've read, um, I was reading, uh, you know, again, not to get too political, but like I've read a couple of congressmen, congresswomen reports of like them, like literally fearing for their lives and, uh, stuff got really, really kind of hairy in there. And, um, you know, when you hear about it, you just don't expect it in this country and, um, to, to see what's been happening. And obviously today, you know, news broke that, you know, he's, he's basically been impeached now for the second time. Uh, I guess one thing is he'll be happy that he owns the record. He can always say, don't nobody got more impeachments than me. Um, and that's, that's one way, true. that's one uh, way to look at it. <laughs> um, you know, and uh, I know people, some people are like, oh, man, it's so late in the game. You know, why why impeach? But, I mean, there, I, there's reasons why you got to do it. You got to set a precedent. Like, if you really feel like he was responsible or um, fanned the flames of this, uh, I guess some people are calling it an insurrection or, you know, a coup. Like, I feel like you can't just be like, oh, all right, well, he's out of office in a few days. It's, it's cool. Like, nah, this was this was a big thing. In all countries, this kind of stuff, like, uh, you know, attempted coups are, are, are crazy to the democracy. Like, you, you you can't have that happen, either either party. Like, that's not how it operates. So And, and then people don't realize country, that. Yeah, I said attempted coups is not just something just as people like that's fun over. You understand other countries, if you attempt a coup and it fails, you get killed. Like, the, like the, military, yeah. the, the military comes, kill you yeah. and kill your whole family. Yeah. It, execution so like to me this is something that i I still don't think people and and this is all this has all been the issue that i've had over the past four years is that so much has been kind of like watered down that nothing is an impactful thing anymore like it's always like what's next because so much has happened that even one thing minor thing of the last four years of his presidency could be the biggest scam ever in someone else's presidency right and we've had a ton of them so including this so it's like like at some point yeah i think people are just fatigued with it some people are like whatever the same same conversation we had i think last uh, podcast about you know just the everyone's reactions to coronavirus compared to other countries you know it's, it's not just so much that it's political of democrat or republican it's that legit people have just overall fatigue over everything like the majority of people vote but the majority of people that vote don't necessarily care that much about the little ins and outs of politics. Um, you know, it's just the sad reality of it. You know what I mean? So like, uh, but, but to see what happened, like it's crazy. I'm glad they're like locking some of these people up, man. And um, it's kind of funny. I mean, later on in the podcast, we're going to kind of get into social media a little bit. And um, it's crazy how some of these people, man, are just like, Locking themselves up, social media. <laughs> uh, like it's the craziest talk, thing. Talking about drive snitching. Hey, uh, let me ask you a question, Kay. You ever actually sure. been close to the Capitol building before? Have I ever been close? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So yeah, I've been. You know, because I'm saying I live close to both yeah. of us live close to DC area. So I've uh-huh. been I've been past that, and I've seen the security there, and seen how yeah. much how much of a long, like, like trot it is just to actually get uh, get into oh, the Capitol yeah. building. 
And it's, just, it's not easy. It's not an easy thing. Now to think that no. you, you see this huge crowd coming down there, and it uh-huh. takes you hours upon hours to bring the National Guard down, no extra security or this police coming down to really stop that. It really makes you wonder, like, uh, this really got allowed. This really happened. Like, oh no, when you really like start reading some of the the the, the, the things that occurred, it's it's almost impossible for you to think that it wasn't allowed. Now. I'm not going to sit here and blame the cops that were there. Like, I'm going to be honest with you. I heard a lot of people talking trash about, look at these police officers letting these people walk by. Look, man, you're a police officer. You're making it, you know, you're making a living. You got to go home that night. You see hundreds of people coming your way. What, you going to try to arrest one of them? Some of them made real business decisions. decisions and you, no, and I can't you know get what, mad though? at it. You can't get mad at it. You know what I mean? Like, at the same time, you got that cop, I'm sure everyone, or maybe a lot of people have seen the video of him getting crushed in the doors. You've seen the one cop getting dragged down the steps and get beat, the one that died. Because, like, no, no, that wasn't the one that died. The one, um, He actually severe, got severe injuries, but the one that died wasn't the one that got beat. Um, by the, oh, wasn't it? No, no, it wasn't that one. But but still, a cop got, but, got but killed. He got, he, yeah, he got killed. So I, I, I didn't know. I, I thought the one that got beaten down the steps was the one. No, but, but regardless. But just seeing him get beat by the American yeah, flag, yeah. by the American flag right. was like, what? By the American flag. Yeah, so re- regardless, I mean, I didn't know that. So I'm, I'm glad he's alive. But I guess another cop did die. Mm-hmm. But my thing is, like, to see that happen, y- yeah, you, you, you're right. I'm making a business decision. And when you hear about, like, uh, I think it was uh, the Maryland, um, was it the Maryland Governor Hogan? Yeah, Hogan, He had yeah. said he had, he had tried to send his National Guard down and he was denied. Um, so like, you can't sit there and be like, wait, there were some people that was like, oh, they're, this is fine. And do I think it was an inside job? I, I think it was a perfect storm of a lot of stuff. I don't necessarily think it was an inside job where everyone was in cahoots, but I think some people didn't give a crap. I think it was a perfect, yeah, it was a perfect opportunity to kind of just yeah. like, let this, like it wasn't so inside, it might've been an inside job. Let's, let's not rule that out. But it also could have been one of those situations where, the opportunity present itself, and it's like, well, let's kind of just let this flow out. Let's let this play out. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, what I'm saying is, when I say inside job, I don't know if it was that calculated, but I think it was very, like, what you think was going to happen if you did that, sir? You know what I mean? Um, and I feel like it, it happened. And and I think a lot of people, there's a lot of, like, even now, man, like, just today, I'm, I've been reading about this yesterday about these new uh, um, metal detectors they've been done put in the, in the in the Senate building. And th- some of the Republican senators are refusing to either walk through them or if they are walking through them, they don't want to, like, allow anyone to look in their bags as if they're carrying guns. Like, this is crazy to me. <laughs> like, You know what I mean? Like, I- it doesn't make any sense, like, how some people are so privileged and so, like, you're not going to stop me. And they were, like, waving off the police, you know, but Blue Lives Matter. Um, the, the pr- so- they're talking about privilege. It's that. that- so, when the- so the guy we saw with the uh, giant hammer tattoo on his stomach, which we, you know, we could, that could be another time we could talk about the meaning of all that. The hammer, t- oh, the, oh, the, yeah, the Viking. Yeah, the Viking, where I'm not yeah. too sure, sh- he's like a mixture of, uh, I'm not too sure if he was Captain America mixed with uh, with somebody from the Vikings uh, series, uh, Valhalla. I don't know what's going on with his, his whole thing. <laughs> he, had a, yeah, yeah. he had a mirror, mirror tattooed on his, uh, on his stomach. Um, but <laughs> that guy, so, you know, he got arrested and, Yep. Talking about privilege, so his mother came out and and said, you know, he's in a he has a very strict diet that he has to uh, stay with. He only eats organic food. And he's not he'll get very sick. And news broke out that 
they're they're speaking with uh, the cops to be able to get him sort of food he would need to eat. I'm like, wow, that's 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 the power that they have. They just just like that. Imagine these were BLM uh, protesters, how they would have gotten treated. It's, you're gonna Bro, eat, if, you're gonna if, eat what we tell it, you to eat. If it was BLM protesters or just just people of color in general protesting, and they did what I mean, they did that right. And I think those steps would be colored red. Um, and and I know people want to say, oh well, you know, they destruct other businesses and buildings. And if you if you got to compare the two, if you got to compare the two to make your point, then you already lost me. Th- these people came in with an agenda. To, with, these people came. I mean, there were literally there were reports and audio of people saying, you know, we have to hang Mike Pence. Um, you know, they're trying to kill Pelosi. Like, th- th- this is this was like no, literally. No, forget it, it was bad. Forget audio. You have video yeah, <laughs> recordings yeah, yeah. of these people saying this. Yeah, like so. To me, it's like I, I get it. And again, I was, me, we haven't talked about it on a podcast, but like, I, I'm I'm a believer that in a perfect world, protest should never be destructive. Like, that's just my opinion. But I have a very like crazy fi- opinion. Like, I feel like at the end of the day. That's a perfect world, right? We don't live in a perfect world, though, right? So I'm, I, I understand that. I feel like if you, as a human being, uh, one individual, feel like you need to to cause some sort of damage or do something so extreme because you think it will lead to a greater change for the good, I can't argue your feelings. If that's what you feel like needs to be done, then then you have to be ready to to you know reap whatever comes from that. You know, if, if your conviction is strong and you feel like burning down Target is going to help you in your cause, then OK, do do that if you must, but also be ready for whatever consequences come your way. I personally, just me personally, I don't feel like, you know, that is the way to go. But at the end of the day, man, like people talk about protesting all the time. You know, we had a problem with Colin Kaepernick taking the knee, but the same people are busting down the Capitol and defiling it and looting and stealing. You know what I mean? Like all in the all in the name with the flag wrapped around them. Exactly. So I, I mean we can go on about it all day, oh, but and it uh, definitely was a shocking wanna, yeah. Yeah. One last thing before we kind of move on from sure. there. One last thing I want to point out was I think it's not really talked about much. I mean they talk about what's what's being done, but I is that nobody really talks much about what could have been done. So let's say for instance that the those these terrorists, the domestic terrorists are being called, which is probably the accurate name for them, uh, were, to, were to get in there and be able to hold up the, the senators and the, all the politicians hostage. I, I'm, I'm confusing what would be the end game, right? So that's one aspect of it. What would be their really end game? They really think the government was not going to come in uh, with the National Guard to stop that. That's number one. And number two, well, and, number, and number, yeah. number, the second fact was so you have Secret Service there, which uh, their job is to protect the senators, protect the politicians. That's their their duty is to a particular person. Um, so they're being held up there. So there would have been a lot more bloodshed, a lot more gunshots, and a lot more people dead if they were actually to break through and be able to get to them. And that's another aspect that pe- people are failing to, uh, to recognize, that this could have been 10 times worse. Hundred oh, no, times worse. One hundred times it could be, and, and the sad part is, man, I don't know what the future holds. Like with the current climate of this country, it doesn't really matter that the president is changing on January twentieth. The things that have already occurred have have created a wave of 
of a lot of angst, hate, um, tension, you know, and, and I feel bad for people on both sides because I feel like sometimes there are people that are just misinformed that don't know any better. And, you know, I don't know what that means for the future, but when you see something like this occur, then if something was to happen again, naturally it would have to be greater than that, right? Right. So it's scary. It, it, you know, it, it's scary because, and, and not so much just for the sake of politicians. I mean, I don't know these people personally, but it's one of those things where it's like when you see extreme things like that happening, as happen in other countries, like that extremism affects the public also in very crazy, scary scenarios. And it's like, I hope nothing like that occurs, but you, you, you pray that it doesn't occur. But when you see stuff like this, it's scary. Like it legit is scary. Like even if you're not sitting there, you know, at the Capitol to see that this can occur like that, it's scary. You know, you going to the mall, you're going out to wherever you want to go to. Like you never know when someone feels like it's time to make a point. And um, yeah, I never seen I never seen anything like that. You know, I'm thir- I'm 35 now. I know I haven't lived a long, long life, but I've never seen that. And I and I, I told my dad, I was like, we knew that they were going down there to protest. It wasn't a secret. If I had told you the day before, yo, Mikhail, this is going to happen at the Capitol, you probably man, that's not going to happen. Like they ain't going to take it that far. They did. And to me, it's one of those things where it's like, in this new world we're living in right now. I don't even know what to expect anymore because the unexpected is to be expected these days. Yeah, because the fact that we've seen coups happen on TV, we've heard about in other countries where we're, where it's almost as if, as Americans, we expect that to happen. We we expect other countries, but we say not here because like we're the beacon of democracy. Yeah, and, and that's 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 our privilege talking. Exactly, and yeah. now that it's happened here, it's almost as if other countries are looking at us like, oh, now you know how it feels. Like it's, yeah. it's and you, you and then America. They said it right. America is a very fragile, uh, fragile democracy because when you're like, a prime example is if um, you're the king or you're you're criticized for every little move you make. Um, you have to always make you any little scandal that comes out could be a bad thing, you know. And so that's that's kind of like how how America is, and the fact that we've actually maintained it to keep things like organized for such a long time compared to other countries is, is actually a remarkable thing. But at the same time, at any time things can go awry. And then we're not saying that we're not as strong as other countries, but other countries have been through so much coups and so much crazy stuff that they, they've kind of built up a, a defense or a tolerance to it and kind of how to, to combat mm-hmm. it. And we just haven't because just, it was just never thought of before. Yeah. And, 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 the, and the, the last thing I guess I'll add to this whole thing, uh, and I'm sure this will be something we'll, we'll be talking about in the future because I don't think it's necessarily uh, over, but uh, just wanted to give, you know, we both wanted to give our little take on it and, you know, because it is a moment in time where it's just shocking. But one thing I'm kind of kind of tired of hearing in the news since then, like I've heard a lot of people say, oh, what can what can both parties do to kind of finally like, you know, meet in the middle and and get, you know, kind of on the same page again. And it just kind of shocks me because I realize, like, or I've heard people say, oh, it's one of the, the darkest days in this country's history. And I chuckle a little bit because I feel like until we realize that this country has never been on the same page and until we realize that 
some of the darkest days in this country's past aren't ever even mentioned anymore. Right. Then then these type of things still occur. Um, so I guess slavery wasn't a dark period in in American well, days. Well, slavery, you know, and, and everything that's that's led that's been comes from that, like the, the civil Jim, rights era, Jim Crow laws. Yeah, so Jim Crow's when, a very, when, very you know, dark era. When you have that, and obviously you have people's slogans of making America great again, and then you ask them a question of, well, when was America great? You know, it, you, you realize what it's really about. So when you see stuff like this occur, it's like it's, it, the problem in this country, the cancer in this country has never been fixed or cured. It's still there and still lingers. And um, it just it's spread in very unique ways. So I pray and I hope that, you know, this country continues to evolve. And I, and I have faith that the, the younger generations and, you know, um, as information becomes more available, the world gets smaller with, you know, social media, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, I feel like, you know, things like this are like kind of like, you know, like when you when you about to die and someone's strangling you, you start you start flailing the hardest at the end. Right. That's my hope is that whatever hate this country has, that this is the flailing part. Where we start, like, you, you fight the hardest to, to, yeah, to be like, survive. You know, but I mean, when you, I mean, real, real talk, this is a, this, all right, I promise this is the last thing because I know we don't want to be on a podcast for three hours. But when you mentioned that character from uh, from the, the, the Viking character earlier, yeah, bro, did you see some of these characters out there at the Capitol? Like, if I was, if I was cast in a movie, <laughs> like, how, how do you see these people and be like, yo, I want to be like them? Like, that that's the people you're sending to storm the Capitol? I'm like, yo, there must be some desperation happening. There. This like, guy, I was, this, this guy, one of the guys, one of the guys said, yo, I should be at work right now. On camera, news camera, on, I should be at work right now. And they go, shh. Like, what? Your face is yo, showing. The people that were there and some of the people that have snitched on themselves by just being on the phone, which is the whole social media conversation that we'll have. But wow. But uh, I guess, man, the only thing I can say to this, man, I, I just wish, you know, uh, Wonder Woman was around, man, to come in and take care of all this, man. Right. Uh, on a lighter know, note, right. <laughs> we, we we needed Diana, man, and uh, she was nowhere to be found once again. I need the but, last, uh, I need her to wrap that last or truth around Trump yeah, and go ahead and tell him what's really going on. She, she I mean, she, she could have she came and saved the day, man. She could have came and saved the day. Where you but, at, uh, Diana? Look, man, I know we're making fun of it, but one thing we want to do on this podcast here and there, man, is is, is take some time and review movies, music, you know. So obviously over the uh the holiday break in between this podcast and uh the the first podcast, we both watched Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four. And we have not spoken about this movie to each other at all. And we told each other we were gonna review this movie honestly, live, without any planning. I feel like and you. A, I, I feel like you have some very strong views on it. I'm, I'm gonna let you kind of. You want me to go first? Yeah, yeah. Because you were very enthusiastic about what you felt about it. So I was like, okay. Well, I, first of all, I wanted to watch the movie very badly because I am by no means a comic book aficionado, but I do like comic books. Like I like. I have subscriptions to Marvel and DC. When I'm bored, I'll read comics on my iPad. But I am not an expert or even a diehard fan, I know some and I do not qualify. I like the superhero movies. I'm a big fan of obviously what Marvel has done with their cinematic universe. And I and as a fan, I want DC to be just as successful. Why wouldn't I be? You know what I mean? Good movies are good movies, right? Right. So Wonder Woman. Um 
here's my thing. So I've kind of peeped this with Captain Marvel. With I, I've kind of peeped this online with a lot of these like movies that have strong women female leads roles and sometimes they get criticized more heavy than movies that don't and sometimes i feel like they're unfair i actually enjoy a lot of these movies i think they're good but people are are extra hard on them so when i watch a movie like wonder woman i don't want to be extra hard just to be extra hard like i want to enjoy the movie i'm a big fan of the wonder woman character i think she's you know she's basically superman right in terms of what she's capable of doing which is which is really what she's always been portrayed as in in comic yeah, books yeah. and cartoons yeah so when i watched the movie man you know what i'm doing this on the on the fly man we never talked about this but let, let's just create a dirty nappy rating system right yeah where i guess what you want to do uh, out of 10 what you want to do out of 5 yeah, out of 10 i like out of 10 all right uh, let's do out of 10 right so Ten dirty nappies is like perfection, obviously, and and one dirty nappy is like yo, it's straight crap. trash, straight trash, trash, garbage. Get it out of here. Me, I would give this movie three stinky dirty nappies, man. Woo. Um, I just said four. And, I was going with four because it was it was a little bit better than what I thought it was gonna be. All right, well you can give it a four. I'm gonna give it a three because it was terrible to me. So I heard my issues with movies, right? You know me long time. I uh, I think about movies maybe a little too critically sometimes. So you have a woman, Diana, Wonder Woman. She's a god. She's like capable of everything, anything, basically, right? She grows up amongst very strong women, powerful women, Amazons, right? Yeah. So you're telling me from Wonder Woman 1, the first movie, I think it was like World War One or 2, I forget. I think think World War II, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Regardless, regardless, many, many, many years go by and 1984 happens, okay? You're telling me someone that was raised under the environment she was and built to be the person she was, was walking around over decades and decades, depressed over a man? (laughs) Who never knew what a man man, uh, was like that and the parts of men. But I guess that they're trying to say is that over the period of time she got to understand, she fell in love, and she just not got, she never got rid of that love. Okay, that's fine. That, that's fine if I was watching a Julia Roberts movie with Hugh Grant, right? But I'm watching Wonder Woman. I'm watching something that shouldn't be like. I didn't even their, their love was that intense in the first movie. So I was just like, really? Like, okay, that I had an issue with that. Two, I felt like if you're going through 1984 and you're going to do it in basically our backyard in D.C., it could have been way more fun. Like, when I look at movies like Guardians of the Galaxy, I take that old vibe and have fun with it, with the music, with everything. Like, to me, the best part of the movie was that mall scene. It was fun. Yeah. It was fun. The action was cool. It was dope. But, like, the rest of the movie, man, I just, like, even the the, the main villains, like, did you ever feel, like, anything towards the villains? And, and it, the fact that the villain was that I get the the wishmaster guy like who she didn't really have a competition except until the end end when the girl who wished she was like her I think that was then to be, end up being cheetah or is not mistaken yeah yeah but, uh, yeah yeah she was cheetah but it, but the whole cheetah thing like towards the end when when she finally fought cheetah which was a very underwhelming fight it was like five um, minutes long 
but it was like it was so dark and the way it was shot wasn't very good at least to me but even like the character played by um played by uh Pedro uh Pascal the uh the, the wish what was his name in the movie Maxwell Lord um after everything was said and done did he even did, whatever happened to him he, nothing nothing is that did he did, did he get locked up in jail forever like what happened nothing. did he just walk, so, he walked away in the sunset with his kid yeah. So, and then again, because I'm so used to seeing the Marvel Cinematic Universe and seeing so much cohesion, so now this movie takes place in the same universe that we've already seen Justice League. We've seen Batman versus Superman. So now we have to believe that Bruce Wayne had a hard time finding Diana, right? Mm-hmm. And how Diana was like, oh, she hasn't. Uh, in the movie in Justice League, if you remember, she was like, I've left man alone and I have not been active for a long time or whatever, right? So you're telling me Bruce Wayne didn't realize 1984 every country launched their nuclear weapons and somebody stopped them? And that's and that's why I felt like Marvel does such a better job of intertwining yeah. things together where one aspect makes sense for another. They put the it together. Just, the movie was just cheesy. Like they brought back her her love interest. Uh, what's the guy? I forget the actor's name in real life. Uh, um, whatever. The movie's name is Steve. And I felt like the only reason they brought him back was because like they had a contract with the actor. Like I just, it was the whole movie was very like, I don't know. I I and, this, and that's I don't know. Man. And that's and that's would where, you would you watch it again? And no. And this is the reason why exactly. I said it. This is why I brought my. You kind of brought up some very good aspects. I thought the movie started out well when they showed her as a little girl, and then the whole the whole scene. Yes. That was, yes. That was dope. That was so dope. I thought that was gonna be the rest of the movie going through. So so that that gave it one that that earned a whole star by itself. Yes, that, that one scene itself, and so that's why initially I said, "Oh, this is gonna be better than what I expected," because I'm because yeah, I'm because nah, I'm thinking when they I said agree. Cause when they said 1984, I'm thinking I'm going to look through the history. I'm like, what big event happened in 1984 that they why is why is yeah. it called Wonder Woman 1984? Like yeah. why particularly that time frame? It couldn't be mm-hmm. it couldn't be 90 Wonder Woman in the 80s or something. But what 1984? So I said, okay, they chose that date. Nothing really bad happened that time. Okay, cool. I saw the opening scene. I'm like, okay, this is going to be better than what I expected. Because mm-hmm. I, I thought it was going to be some straight garbage from the, from the commercials and the, the little mini scenes there. They're like, they're, they brought Steve back. I'm thinking mm-hmm. he came back to some sort of time portal and where he got, where he, where when, whenever he went off in a plane, something happened. He got caught in some time portal. He came back and some demons come back or some monsters or whatever. And she has to mm-hmm. fight, and she has to fight that off. That would have been the ideal thing that I'm thinking happened. When I saw this whole wish thing, I was like, oh my gosh, this is cheesy. What is going on right now? Like, really? This All this movie is about is her love interest in him and how she gets weak. Bec- yes. And because of her love interest, she has to let it go. Ex- exactly. all the movie is about. To me, I just felt like a powerful character like Wonder Woman shouldn't have been degraded down to a, 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 a desperate woman who can't get over her lost love of a man that that works for many movies right That's but pro- we're talking about like prime exa- wonder woman right a prime example right in Gar- guardian of the galaxy right we all know gamora has a very soft spot for star lord yeah but she never she never played that like she ne- she- oh that damsel in distress exactly uh, she al- like, I, I don't know she always plays she yeah. she always played the role of i'm still gamora in the, the day I'm still yeah. a bad chick that 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 knows how to wipe out 
anybody that comes at me. And I, and I felt like that kind of made me a little bit like, like this is in Wonder Woman's DNA to be that that way. So to me, I you know, I like I said, I gave it three dirty nappies. You're right. That first scene when she was a little girl was was super dope. I love the way it was shot. It was very like engaging. I felt like, okay, this is gonna be fun. Then when they opened up the scene in in downtown Georgetown back in the day, uh shout out to man uh Commander Salamander, man. That's used to be one of my favorite stores back in the day. Uh they used to have all the, the, the cool stuff back in the day. Like that was like a like an Urban Outfitters type store before there was like really an Urban Outfitters. I mean, it was just a real cool little shop. But they showed a picture of it like it was back in the day. It was, I was kind of cool. But aside from that, I love the kind of the, I, I'm being biased because it's local for me, but like I love the way they showed Georgetown uh, back in the 80s. That was kind of cool. And then honestly, the MVP of the movie was um um was was Maxwell Lord, Pedro uh, Pascal's character. Yeah. Even though like I'm not like, I wasn't a big fan of the storyline. I, I think he played the hell out of that role. Yeah, he definitely like, did. Like I I enjoy watching him in that role, and I, I enjoy watching him deteriorate as it just got as it, as like, it went crazy. on. Yeah, like he he kicked he kicked his like kicked his butt in that role. So like to me, he was engaging me in the movie as an individual performance, but the storyline to me was just not that great. And and and, um, and and that's the problem I think that I have with this, is the fact that I felt like her they did a great job in the first one. Of showing her love interest for him, but without really, without uh, without showing making it seem like it's a weakness. Yeah, but I, even, but even that, like, all right, I'm not going to compare the movies, but like Spider Man, the last Spider Man with Jake Gyllenhaal, right, mm-hmm. as Mysterio. Obviously, there's there's like a romantic kind of tension between uh, Peter Parker and um, uh, what's was who who who's in day in, in the movie uh, in um, Mary Jane, right? Yeah, Mary Jane, right. So, but you can, what I'm trying to say is you can feel the tension of their affection for each other. You, you, it's real. I never felt that in Wonder Woman 1 or 2. Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, the one was just like infatuation a little bit. It was just like, okay, I like you and I'm feeling a little something for you. That's what it felt like to me. Yeah, like to me it was like I never even bought into, like I, I wasn't about to no drop no tear when he died, you know, when he no, sacrificed himself. No, but that's, like, it was, but I was, okay, he's so, a soldier. so if they're going to push it, no, no, I was perfectly fine with her, them saying, okay, you know what, she's in love with this guy, but she's showing it in a very hard way. I'm cool with that because that's her, that's her persona, that's how she has to come off, so I'm perfectly fine with that, but you got to keep that same energy then, and, and that prime example is that when we in the comics, we know Wonder Woman is in love with Batman, but yeah, she yeah. never comes off as um, that make um, she she never turns it into a weakness of her, of, yeah, of the, her the, powers. Yeah. So the issue isn't that Wonder Woman can have affection. It's the way they showed it in the movie. I couldn't buy it. And honestly, like I said, there was a lot of parts in the movie where they were just dry. Like I I just was like, if I was in the movie theater, I I might fall asleep in certain parts of this movie. Like um, so let down though, man, because I feel like every time a bad movie like this comes out, it hurts the next movie with a strong female lead and. You know, I feel like sometimes it's already hard for um, movie companies to put out movies with like big budget movies with a strong woman hero already. And that's shown, you know, with statistics and how uh, industry takes it. But to see a movie like this with, you know, Wonder Woman, one of the, like even the Captain Marvel movie, people wasn't a big fan of Captain Marvel, but I actually enjoyed the Captain Marvel movie. I thought it was cool. I thought, I thought, I thought it was super fun. I thought it was fun um, too. She had more attack. I mean, she, you got to bring up the introduction, yeah. but I felt like the first Wonder Woman, they, they threw her in that with fighting gods and demons and, 
and goons yeah, yeah, and yeah. goblins. To, and I'm like, oh, okay, this, to, this is the one woman I'm trying to see. Yeah, so to go to, to this movie, I don't know, I just feel like it was a scattered movie. I probably would never watch it again. Um, and you know, I watch movies over again a lot. People don't realize I, I don't. I don't have a limit to how many times I watch a movie. Uh, no, because because everybody know when our movies we always watch when it comes on is is my man Zohan. I I I have to watch it every time it comes on. It's not the best movie in the world. Um, it's nothing that I will praise over. Like you have to watch it, but it's one of the things that everybody has that a movie you watch. But when it comes on, y'all got to watch that again. Hundred percent. So yeah, I mean, to me. The movie was a little weak, a little weak. Um, you know, I, I, I'm always going to watch it. Like, I always watch a movie one time. And um, the Wonder Woman movie was not something I was excited about. I turned it up. Uh, you know, I had the kid wasn't here at the house. So I turned up the sound system a little bit. And I was really ready to, like, really take it all the way in. Um, I encourage you, if you have not seen it, please watch the movie. If you disagree with my thoughts or Mikhail's thoughts, you know, shout us out. We would love to have some dialogue on it. But um, me personally, man, for my first rating of this podcast, I'm gonna give it three stanky, dirty nappies, man. It it, it just wasn't that good. Man, five is five is like okay, average movie. Now that you um, now that you now that you kind of talk so much more about it, I might just downgrade to three and a half stinky nappies. Oh no, hey, your, your score is your score, man. Like uh, you know, you want to do four, you can do four. I'm I'm, um, I'm gonna set in the, in the medium right there with that. All right. Well, how how about we just how about we meet in the middle? And we average our scores out, and uh, as a podcast, it's a three point five. Um, you know, we'll, we'll roll with that. So I'll make sure that, that that's going to be our first rated movie. A three point five, man, it was uh pretty pretty rough, man. It just just wasn't that good. I, I got one movie on my list I haven't watched yet. I think we talked about it off uh, off uh, mic, but I, I'm hoping to see Tenant real soon. Oh yeah, I, I am um, too. I might just end up seeing that tomorrow. We'll see. I was like, yeah, I, I want to see it really badly, man. I got it at the house. It's sitting here. I haven't put it in yet. Uh, I hear it's a movie that you actually got to sit down and watch, watch. So I'm just trying to find the right day where I can, you know, spot two hours and just like not be bothered. Quick disclaimer, but, uh, quick disclaimer though. Yeah. Um, uh, soon to be uh, brother-in-law told me he watched it. He didn't understand. He said he watched it twice. But the thing is that I don't, that's, I don't think that's his type of movie. I like, Bro. I like movies like that. Like Inception, yes. Inception and stuff like that. I love, yes. I love movies like that. Yes. Every time I've heard someone say they didn't get the movie, it makes me want to watch it even exactly. more. Exactly. Because, first of all, I love Christopher Nolan. I almost I like everything he's done, pretty much. And to me, it only means that the movie takes some thought and takes you kind of filling in the blanks a little bit. And, and th- I'm excited to see that ride. And that's why and, I want to watch it by myself with no distractions and sit yes. there and pay attention. So, so as soon as me and Mikhail have watched Tenet, We'll make sure we get a review out to you guys. Uh, the reviews won't be super long, but we'll, we'll give it we'll give it a little bit of an input. I think it's a big enough movie to kind of talk about. And if there's any movies, TV shows, or anything that somebody wants us to review or wants feedback from us about, man, just shoot us a, a email, a DM, and we'll be happy to check it out and give y'all our our, our real thoughts on it or whatnot. But uh, but anyway, man, Wonder Woman, rest in peace to that movie. Hopefully uh, something better comes in the future. <laughs> rest in but, peace. Uh, but yeah, yeah but, rest in peace to that one. It's yeah. done. But moving, um, but yeah, moving on to the next uh, thing. Um, so, you know, everybody know where, uh, oh, if you had listened to the first podcast, you kind of kind of get the hint that we're a big NBA fans. And so far, it's only been, what, 10, 11 games into the season so far? Um, into this season, some things. Oh, you you want you, you want to jump right to the NBA, or you want to talk about the, the the social media thing and wrap it up on the NBA? Oh, you know what? That's actually a better idea. Let's 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 kind of. Yeah. I was gonna 
I was going to talk NBA and then put the social media into it, but we could talk about social media first and wrap it up with NBA. Yeah, because the social media part, I think it's going to be a, uh, I think it's going to be fun because I think it's going to be a, a continuous conversation we'll have. Um, the NBA will, we'll, 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 we'll wrap NBA, uh, NBA up on our, on our parking lot talk a little bit. Uh, I think uh, we'll, we'll mention, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss that in a little bit. All right. But uh, actually, you know what? Yeah, that is like a good, a good parking lot talk. Cause that's that's how we used to always end it, anyways. We used to wrap it up with some like, you know, light light hearted conversation. But um, but yeah, this was actually your idea. You came up with this topic, and you wanted to talk about. We were actually talking about NBA and uh, athletes in general, and you mentioned something about man. Imagine if social media existed, you know, with Michael Jordan or Allen Iverson or whoever. You go beyond us, you know, from my dad's era of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar or whoever. And I was like, yo, that's a, that's a good conversation to have. And I thought about it a little longer, and I was like, yo, you and I, you know, I'm 35, you're 34, turning 35 this year. And I can honestly say that we're probably the, the, the last or one of the few generations of people that have lived a big chunk of our life without social media, but have been young enough to embrace social media also. Yeah, we've so, we've lived through the, the the days of the flip phone to the color phone, yeah, down to no phone to to, to the uh, to the Napster, to yeah. to uh to, to buy mixed CDs from somebody's locker, uh huh, um, to to to, 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 to what's the Facebook starting? No, wait, how yeah. did I, oh, I forgot one no, of the biggest things. Facebook, MySpace, MySpace, yeah, Black Planet, uh-huh. uh, all these. Uh, back, I remember these. I was on any of them, but what I'm saying is, we would probably we probably have lived through the greatest, like, social media technology boom in our life Hold on, bro. that most generations have. We actually was part of the whole Walkman era where you bought CDs and popped into your Walkman with headphones to listen to it. Bro, if you didn't have anti-skip, you was broke. Or we was part of the era where, <laughs> where hustling was was your, your parents buying you a $1,000 CD burner and you burn CDs to yes. everybody and sell them at school. Yeah, yeah man. That was my it's hustle. So- so, so that gave me a thought, and I was like, "Yo, this podcast is still in its infancy stages, man, and it's going to evolve even more. And hopefully, you know, we're going to uh, develop and, and find our groove in this in this podcast, you know, industry, however we, we whatever we want to do with it." And I thought, "This is a great man. This is something that we can talk about really forever." But I think it's going to be great for us to talk about social media and how it has revolutionized or evolved in our lifetime with different categories. So obviously today we're going to really focus on athletes and the rise of social media for athletes today compared to, you know, athletes that didn't have social media in the past. But obviously that branches off to so many different things of social media in terms of your internet presence, you know, bullying, like talking to the opposite sex, um, you know, who, becoming who you are in real life like being able to be yourself amongst real people in real life and not just, you know, an avatar on social media, um, gaming. It's so many different levels we can go with this. And I think you and I are very, you know, experienced in both aspects of social media world and not having... And obviously, yeah. So I guess what kind of sparked this interest was after watching the, of course, the wildcard game with the Steelers and the Browns. And... um one aspect we was referring to was Juju. I know a lot of people might not know who he is, but he's a he's a wide receiver for the um, Pittsburgh Steelers. 
he uh, didn't have a most productive last two years. And one of the things that the commentators was pointing to was his, his TikTok dances that he does before games. And as a way of, of negative uh, context to him not having a productive season and him being that num- not being the number one receiver. And I start thinking, if he never really had that, it would just be a talk of, you know, he's just not playing as good. Maybe he's injured. There'll be other stuff to talk about, but it's, it's, you think about the aspect social media plays and all these athletes and how a lot of people have made so much money, athletes in general, there's all this social media and also social media have caused a downfall of a lot of athletes as well too. Yeah, no, I, I think you said it kind of like, kind of perfectly in the sense that it really is a gift and a curse. Um, I think social media has definitely in many ways helped athletes like, you know, in, in terms of like, I mean, you could be, you could be stuck on, on going to work in traffic. I mean, hold on. Let me not say this. I don't promote being on the cell phone while you're driving, <laughs> but let's say you're at a standstill. And quick, quick disclaimer. We don't, we yeah. don't approve of that. No, not at all. Um, but let's say the play, the Lakers are playing the Clippers, and LeBron just just does something crazy, Bruh, Within two seconds, you can see it on your phone, and that helps athletes because it really puts athletes in the forefront. Where if it's a big play to be had, like you can become an overnight sensation with one throw, with one dunk, with one touchdown, one touchdown dance, you can become an overnight celebrity, and that can lead to endorsements. That can lead to riches beyond measure that can lead to a new shoe deal. Like that can lead to millions of followers on Instagram overnight because, you know, everybody wants to know who is this kid or who is this, this person that did that? You know what I mean? Um, you know, when you got the WNBA players, uh, what's his name? Uh, her name, um, God, uh, the, Brittany, uh, uh, Brittany, right? Brittany Griner. Uh-huh. Yeah. She yamming on people in games, you know, I know Lisa Leslie has done it also, but, like to see something like that happen and people are like, yo, I want to click. I want to follow her. I want to follow her. I want to follow her. I do that now. Like I treat Instagram like a magazine. I, I follow people from all different kinds of genres of entertainment. And you know what's to me? And that's the biggest thing too. A prime example with that PJ Tucker. Oh yeah. PJ Tucker's the, I wouldn't say he's average. He's a pretty good basketball player, but if he wasn't for his huge shoe collection and Hugh game and his interest in shoes, from social media, he would not be as, like that. We would no. know nothing about him. He'd be, he'd be saw, a regular role player. Right. And because of his social media postings and him finding a following of, of like people into sneakers, he, he on eBay commercials now. He can yeah. he get in the eBay check for sneakers. Exactly. And, and, I, and I love his dressing style. It makes me like want to try yeah. little different things. I'm like, okay. And, and, and the thing with that is like with, with social media, like you really feel, and I don't know, I don't, I don't know if it's always the truth, but you kind of get a glimpse on everyone's personal lives. Like, like I know so much about LeBron James's kids. I never knew a dang thing about Michael Jordan's kids when I was watching Michael Jordan play. Not one thing. Like, really. Like, rest in peace to Kobe. I knew he had kids, but I didn't know a darn thing about his kids in his early career. Like, when he had his first kid and stuff like that. I don't know what he was doing with his kids and not doing. And I was fine with that. I, I didn't have no desire for that. It wasn't like I was itching to find out, man, I really wonder what Michael's doing on his off day with his son. Like, I don't care. And and I also think that that also could be a bad thing for the child, too, because unexpected expectations. A hundred percent. Like, 
I mean, I know, I know, Bronny's LeBron's son is is a basketball player, and he's in the limelight. But like, imagine that you don't want to be in the limelight. Imagine, you know, like another good example without going into too much detail because like, I know it's, it's a controversial topic in the world. But uh, Dwayne Wade's uh, uh, son, I tried. Well, well, I, I, I mean, he's he he's saying he's it's a daughter, so I'm gonna roll with that. Uh, I gotta respect him; it's his child. But um, but what I'm saying is, I'm sure as open as they have been, they feel like they need to be to protect, you know, their child. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure in some ways their 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 famous, their fame and their notoriety is kind of scary also. You know what I mean? Like their their child can go through the changes and go through the transformations that they want. I'm sure a lot of children go through those changes privately, but to have, you know, um that happen in the public eye it's tough, and it's tough. Like even for her older brother, who's also a basketball player, he's come out and defended her many times, and you know, stepped up. It's like most people don't have to do that in front of millions of people. Like, like it's a and it's and it, as a child, they remember we hold them to an, an unexpected standard that not thinking that they're still young, they're gonna make dumb decisions, they're gonna make stupid mistakes. A child does. Oh yeah. And, I mean, the way, and the way the world comes crashing down on them for every little thing they do or say that's yeah. not right, and they have to live up to the, the uh, being a celebrity, even though they didn't choose this life. But it's but it's a gift and a curse in the sense of like with social media. I feel like we today in twenty twenty one have more information at our disposal at all times. So it really like shows you a lot about your personality. Like what I mean by that is. Uh, if you're into the NBA right now. Or, you know what, let's not go NBA. We'll talk about NBA in a second, but let's say Colin Kaepernick. He's pretty much known by everybody, even if you're not into sports, right? And Colin Kaepernick, if you follow him on social media, you see all of the good things that he does for the community, uh, for for uh, outreach. You, you see it because he posts it all the time, right? Yeah. But when people only talk about what they think is negative and completely avoid all the positives. It's like, even with social media, it's a gift and a curse because you're giving someone ammunition to sink or swim you based on how they feel about you. And in the past, you, you could, you didn't have to give them anything. You know what I mean? Like Allen Iverson, everybody knows Allen Iverson's practice rant, right? So we talk about athletes, but if you know a lot about Iverson more so than just the practice rant, you know, Iverson was a wild boy. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Know? But look what happened with James Harden. You know, him being at the clubs and and doing all this crazy stuff and everyone's taking a picture, snapping at it or whatever. And I'm just like, yo, you're ruining a lot potentially by putting this out there. How can you be so reckless? Dwayne Haskins, he got cut, you know. From one picture, really. From one picture. Like, so it bothers me that I feel like you and I know – the Ray Rice, the Ray Rice fun. video, right? And it, yeah, and, and it look at um, and one of my one of my favorite running backs in the league right now. Um, and we look at um, well, I can't think of his name. The other running back for uh, Kansas City, Kareem. Uh, look at Kareem Hunt situation with the woman in the uh, the hotel. Yeah, I, I, it's hard. You can't really say that for sure, but it's hard to 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 say the Chiefs wouldn't have won two Super Bowls back to back with him as their running back. Oh yeah, I mean, and, and but but that's what I mean is that it, it it first of all confuses me because I feel like again I think it's because we've been blessed to live we we've known how to have fun 
good fun and bad fun without cameras, without yeah, but, social media. But 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 let me say a quick disclaimer to that though. As much as we're saying that this kind of is a negative connotation, you also got to look at the opposite side of it, right? So a situation like a Ray Rice situation or a situation that happened to Kareem Hunt, sometimes you got to look at that, that. That could have been the best thing that happened to them individually. That made them reassess and look at their life and kind of look at the craziness of it. Like from, from a, a public's eye, like, yo, what I did was, was wild. Why did I do that? I got to really look, look at my life and kind of see what's going on with me and look at my actions and see, oh, I need to change. And also it's bold in somebody else not to take that, uh, not to take that abuse because if it's somebody of high stature, gets caught up with that then it's well, then then it's okay because, for, for yeah, me to be able to do a report the ravaged person who's doing yeah, that to me because your first mistake could be your last mistake when you're dealing with it in front of millions of people mm-hmm. um it, it so, is yes, it, the gift and the curse yeah yeah it's completely a gift and curse and and you hope people you know take heed and and learn from it but i've seen enough to realize people just ain't learning um, you know, like, right. If you got, if you got millions of, and I'm not saying do this, I'm just saying if you got millions and millions of dollars and you really want to go to a strip club or party somewhere where you know you ain't supposed to be, I'm pretty sure you can afford to have people not take cameras up in there. Um, or you can be like, well, I ain't showing up. It, you paid, you paid the extra money for the privacy. The same it's, thing it's, with, uh, yeah, was, it's ja- was it was Jamie, F- no, it was, uh, I forgot that the comedian who said Mackay Pfeiffer had it took in his, um, son to to was it disneyland or a amusement park and he uh-huh. paid the whole park out yeah uh, i mean i'm not saying i'm not saying i'm never going to tell somebody how to spend their money or anything but when you have millions of dollars like a perfect example was the rescues quarterback young uh dwayne haskins who got cut there's a chance that dwayne haskins may never see the money he saw on that first rookie contract right yeah. nobody's going to sign him for nothing but the minimum if he gets signed by anybody right and it's hard enough to be a quarterback in the NFL. It's, it's even harder when you got to remove the stink off you. Um, my thing is, like, I just don't understand why people don't treat social media with more uh, care. Like, it's a real thing. I look at people like Antonio Brown or people that... Oh, man, he's a just, prime example. I just don't understand, like, yo... Are, but again, it's not that it's social media. It's that these people have always existed, Right. So when you look at Michael Jordan, right, and not to get into it too much, but, like, everyone has talked about he's had some crazy gambling stories. With, um, him, with the know, situation with his wife and other mistresses whole, and stuff whole, like that. A whole bunch of stuff. Michael Jordan was a, a hero to the world, right? Still is in many people's eyes. Um, imagine if, you know, these things came out back in the day where he's gambling like a, like a crazy person the night before a game somewhere. Ooh. And someone's snapping pictures of it and, and, and like, live streaming Michael Jordan drunk at the Atlantic City Hotel the night before they play the Knicks. And they come back and lose the next game. Right? You know, like, oh, he missed the last shot of the game because he was hungover. Like, uh-huh. he, they didn't have to worry about that. You know what I mean? Like, um, and, 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 and then we could have – and then what if that would have happened and he lost his Nike contract and we'd have lost a whole generation of Jordan shoes? I'm, I'm telling you, man, like, again, not to say – it's about good and bad, but like Tiger Woods scenario, like the, the digital voicemails and all this stuff, the text messages, like, I'm not saying he was doing anything so illegal. Obviously he was doing something, you know, immoral with the, that his wife didn't know about. But what I'm getting at is in, in this climate, in this world we're living in, sometimes it's like, you almost got to treat everything as if you were a drug dealer on the wire. Like, <laughs> like, 
it, it, it don't text me nothing. We're not talking about anything. We see it in person. No phones allowed. Like I don't get it. But some people love the attention of social media. Fame is a hell of a drug. Probably, and, um, same thing. What what happened to um the baby? I mean, no, I'm sorry, little baby. What happened to little baby? Where even if you pay for privacy, some they first feel that they need to expose it for the social media clout. What you talk? Oh, you talking about the girl? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, and that's but that's the world we're living in today, where fame is a hell of a drug, and unfortunately, there's nothing that gets people from regular people, everyday people, to celebrities more fame than social media. Like even the most right. famous people post thirty pictures a day on social media because it's like instant gratification of like, 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 whatever it may be. And I, and I think, I think we start to lose our humanity sometimes where, where I feel as if I need to post this person dying before I post, before I help him. Yeah, no, but I mean, like I said, that's, that's like, we can get into that like another time because social media is like, if we talk about right. social media today, we were talking for 12 hours. Right. But, uh, but just kind, in terms of athletes, keep keep confined to athletes. Yeah, there. just because just the thing with athletes for me, I feel like it's a, it's definitely a gift and a curse. I feel like many of the athletes today have benefited from social media in terms of you know being recognized for their greatness. Like it it just is. You know what I mean? A guy like Luca, uh, you know, who puts up crazy numbers, or a guy like Steph Curry, who you know you don't even have to watch a Warriors game to look at your phone for thirty seconds and see how dope Steph Curry was tonight. Like. We didn't like. I, I remember back in the day when it came to sports that I used to like get excited if my dad would buy a newspaper, just so I can read the box scores from the games the night before that I didn't have cable to watch. And I remember I used to go down there and be like, "Oh, Calvert Cheney had twenty points tonight. Oh, he must have balled out. I didn't see one highlight, Mikhail. But that's the level of information that was given to me back then. Was and then a box, a box enough- score. Right. Another thing with the whole Steph Curry thing, which I think um, kind of made the gift for, the, for social media for him, was Steph Curry is, I guess, when he first came into the league, you probably, um, some people might look at him as this, this little square, small, skinny kid, you know? Um, and he revolutionized basketball as with, with how good, not just shooting, but just how he's able to create his shot. And another thing that elevates it to another level, which I think as an average younger kid uh, looking at basketball is that a lot of times we see football players or basketball players when they get drafted or when they talk about things, they always seem to mention a situation of their mother. It's always usually my mother was there, my mother did this, my mother that. It's for, for the NBA guys, their father's mentioned when, when their father was a basketball player as well too. But when you see like Steph Curry and he brings this social media aspect of it where you see his whole family you see both of his parents. Yes, his father was a, was a, was an ex NBA player too, but it's not that's not really talked about as much as you see the, the family dynamic. Saying that you could be this simple kid who likes his family, like being around his family, does regular stuff, right? and you don't have to be from the hood or wherever from there, and you could still be one of the greatest players ever. Oh yeah, I mean, and, and shout out to that family. I mean. Uh, one of the things I, I I enjoy about Steph Curry, it's not social media related, but this Steph Curry, Seth Curry, two guys really they grew up. There's no question they were privileged. Um, in terms of they they never had to struggle for anything in terms of financially, but the fact they have this crazy drive to still be the greatest basketball players that they can be, that's not easy to obtain. Like no, regardless not. of where your background comes from. 
Like, that's crazy. There's plenty of people that come from struggle that are lazy on the basketball court. So it, it's not always, oh, well, you, you got you got to come from the struggle to know how to be the greatest ever. No, you don't. Sure. You got to have that drive. But what you're saying about social media is, is kind of like another gift and a curse is that because we're, we know so much about everyone's life, it, it's like social media, someone's Instagram profile is like their biography. Like, you can literally go on someone's Instagram profile if they've had it for a while, and you can scroll all the way back to their old pictures and see their progression in life or regression or whatever it is from years and years and years of posting. This, this, this phenomenon for these athletes wasn't around. You know, like you see all the time, sometimes there'll be an athlete and there'll be a rookie in the NFL and they're about to play Tom Brady. And they'll, they'll be like, oh, look, look look at the comment he made about Tom Brady when he was 12 years old. Right. Or or, or just that or, picture or if, with Jason Tatum and LeBron James. Yes. Or or do, do, uh, Deshaun Watson. And um, I forgot the running back who used to be for the Buccaneers. So he was he was able to help Deshaun Watson family get a house so he can be able to turn a better school for oh, football. Told, well, yeah, work done. And work done. And now look at, and then he was able to go to better but, school, got a scholarship to yeah. Clemson. So, so, and it's boom. Like, so it's like, it's crazy. Like when you really see, and, and on top of that, another pro for social media is that it gives the athlete so much more influence. Like, like the James Harden situation, obviously, you know, we're going to get to that in a second, but before the trade happened today, when earlier in the season where he was just posting things on his Instagram story when he wasn't reporting to, to camp at the time when everybody was kind of getting on him for, I still don't understand the gift. How do you gift another man a bag full of honey buns? Um, you know, well, forget, forget the honey bun thing. How, how, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how you gift a man like a $100,000 or $200,000 bag and you don't even really know him like that. Yeah, it's just, I mean that that's when you got that's when you got too much money to know what to do with it. Um, and he's and, and the guy you're giving to is already rich. Yeah, it's 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 weird. I don't know. I mean, maybe one day we'll be if I'm ever in that tax bracket, Mikhail, trust me, you're gonna get some bomb gifts from me, bro. I love you. Oh man. no, but, but, I, but, that's, but that's a different situation. I'm not it's gonna, not like I'm not I'm not gonna fill up a bag with honey buns though. You know what I mean? Um that's that's like a, like <laughs> like honest I, I understand you giving it to a, somebody who who you about to be in who you about to have run a business with, and this is like, hey, this is a little gift yeah, yeah, yeah. of our partnership. Now, I could be wrong. The, the uh, little baby and Jay Hart could be doing collaboration in the future, and I, I'll, I'll eat those words then. Yeah. I'll gladly eat those words, but or eat those honey buns. Yeah, it's it's weird. But but my point with that was that when you have, I, I don't I don't know James Harden's exact followers, but I'm sure it's in the millions and millions, right? When you have that many followers and you go on Instagram and say something or make a picture that leaves something to be interpreted, like you can change the whole course of a, of a sports franchise. Like if John Wall went out and he didn't do this, but let's say John Wall went out and said, I hate Bradley Bill on social media. It would shock the world. It definitely would. If John Wall back in the day in the eighties had some problems with a teammate and one reporter may have known something going on, and it might have made a little small paragraph note in the Washington Post on a random Wednesday. It, it would have been forgotten about two days later. Um, oh, the player, the player easily could say, "Well, no, that's not what's going on." Right. And we're going to take we're going to take the player's word over the reporter. Yeah. So, like, in, and, and that also helps. Like, like when I see a lot of these athletes that become, you know, are more active in activism and speak on causes. I know some people say, "Oh." Just stick to sports. Shut up and dribble. Like I love that social media has allowed platforms for all athletes, you know, from any sport to speak on whatever they want to speak on about. You know what I mean? Like just because you're an athlete, don't mean you can't speak. If anything, you should be speaking more 
because you have so much of the youth that uh, follows your every moves and, you know, you have to be political. Like back in the day, Michael Jordan never was political. Yeah, he and I, and then it's like he didn't want to he didn't want to go in that realm. That was just no, not his thing. But he didn't even. But but it, but that's fine. It was easy to do back then. But in today's climate, with everything that was going on, imagine if LeBron James never spoke out. Yeah, he'd be crucified. He'd be, he'd be pressured into it. Yeah, he'd, he'd be crucified. Michael Jordan never had to worry about that. Another gift and a curse. I'm not saying Michael was right or wrong. That's a different conversation altogether. But in today's world, like. And I'm not saying LeBron was forced into speaking up. I, I honestly believe LeBron speaks when he wants to speak. But I feel like back in the day, Michael Jordan probably would have to call a press conference. He probably would have to get it okayed by the ownership. He'd probably have to, like, a lot of things would have to happen for Michael Jordan to get up and talk about uh, Rodney King be- getting beat down, right? It would have it been a lot going on. Where and, then, today, and then, and yeah, go ahead, I'm small fault, go ahead. No, no, but in today's world, Michael Jordan was playing, he literally could go and hit live on Instagram Live and sit there like Kyrie Irving with some candles in the background and talk about <laughs> why the Rodney King situation is whatever he thinks it is. And 100 million people within moments would have had Michael Jordan's thoughts on this. Yeah, and it would and it, have been a discussion. Yeah. and all, and then, But also, like, that's, that's the gift part. And you know, I was thinking about the curse part is that there are so many, like, blogs out there, social media blogs that – pick up on stories mm-hmm. and, I, and as I always mentioned it before in the past and I'll continue to mention it well shout out to Charlamagne I'll, for every shout out to him for saying that it's like nobody cares about the truth when the lie is so much more interesting oh 100% when uh, prime example with the, I know this is kind of off topic a little bit where Connie is kind of going through a divorce situation right now and this social media and supposedly influencer we'll call her influencer said that she had some scoop that he was messing with Jeffree Star, which came out after she said she was lying, just trying to get some clout from it. And it's like, they're thinking of ramifications, and then every, of course, media blog picked it up and ran with the story. Not checking any sources to confirm it, just run with the story. Because it just, it didn't, it didn't matter if it's the truth or not. It just sounded so entertaining and so juicy that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run with this. And it's like it's no curse because as a celebrity or somebody's in that social media life, where you got that blue check mark, um, that's the kind of things you got to deal with. No, it it yeah. comes with it. It comes with it. it, it that, that's why I appreciate. I mean, I appreciate athletes that want to step up and be very in front of their fans in today's world, like LeBron James and many other athletes. Not just LeBron James, using him as an example, but athletes that that choose to step up and speak their minds when they know they might get criticized by half of their followers or whatever, mm-hmm. that's dope. But I also appreciate the Kawhi Leonard's of the world that you don't know what they ain't think about. And they're not on social media and they don't care about the attention. And they, they have that right to do that. And that's where I get and, upset with social media is that the people that get that caught up in some of the social media crap, people have to realize, and this is where you and I know because we've lived a very big part of our lives without it, you don't need social media. Um, but a lot of these athletes and just people in general have become, and, and we all are in certain ways, like we've become kind of like slaves to social media where we want to see what's going on in the world. We want to look up what's happening. We want to see if our friends are doing well. We want to see what's happening in their lives. Like it's not a, it's not a, social media is not bad in its own. It's not bad at all, but it's, it can get very bad. If, yeah, and in prime, yeah. in prime example, if we find out, let's find out 
if, if we let's say we found out that uh, let's say we found out some celebrities cheating on his celebrity girlfriend. Yeah. And they, they they talk about the girl's name. We're gonna go on social media and look at this girl, and we're gonna judge. We're gonna judge, not knowing the situation is what it was, or it's true. Now we're gonna judge based off what we see from her or what she posts. Mm-hmm. And 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 we look at people's social media things and think that that's what their react. That's what their reality is. And I said, me, you have kind of different aspects of why we do social media. I look at things that I'm interested in. Yeah, but for me, I follow things that yeah. that 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 I would. I follow things like I love. I'm into cars. I follow probably like I don't know, like 300 different type of car pages because mm-hmm. it gives me ideas about certain things. I shoes. I'm into shoes. I follow that a lot. Yeah, clothing. Yeah, I mean, no. To me, social media is a magazine for me, right? Like my personal social media. I, most people that follow me, are, I, I know personally. Um, I, I I keep it private for a reason, and I follow a lot of things because I just treat it like the biggest magazine in the world and I enjoy that um you know that's why like even this podcast is still a little uncomfortable for me because I'm, I'm opening myself up to being heard and and things like that which I'm not really that loud I'm kind of a private I mean I'm loud if you know what I mean I'm loud I'm, I, I, <laughs> I got an inside voice but um but I'm usually only inside with certain people to hear that voice I'm not you know just opening and talking to everybody and some people may look at that as oh he's not very friendly i'm very friendly i just ain't looking for a lot of no, friends yeah you don't have the inside voice but you know you got that the, the parking lot talk voice oh yeah yeah, definitely man um so so that 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 to me the thing with, with the social media thing man i feel like uh and we're, and we're going to talk about it in so many different um aspects of everyday life and how it's changed from when we were in high school and younger to today you know as as, a, as adults who who are intertwined with it and, and know the ins and outs. And there are probably some things in social media that I don't even know very well. Like I'm realizing it now I'm getting to that point where I can't even keep up with all the TikToks and, and everything. But, you know, so even that I realize that social media is evolving daily. But, um, but yeah, for athletes, man, my biggest, my last takeaway is really just, it's, it's a, it really is a gift and a curse. It's allowed uh, us regular civilians to really get to know a lot of these athletes in terms of their, their, like you mentioned, PJ Tucker, not just their fashion, their their thoughts, their their mentalities, their you know their their habits, their family lives, their principles, um, you know, and that's that. I guess that's good. Uh, it's also bad in the sense of I feel bad when I see some of these athletes potentially throwing away millions of dollars because they can't help but going live in a really bad situation. Like, why would you go live with that? Why would you put that? Or, or to spend some money on something ridiculous they know they normally would not oh, have, but they're doing it for social media a, Adrian, followers. A, Adrian Brauner, for instance. I, every time he hits social media, I'm like, why would you go on social media with that, Adrian? You're, you're not Floyd Mayweather. You know what I mean? Like, And I feel like sometimes, uh, just like without social media, people want to compete. You know, when you see a Floyd Mayweather, you know, flexing on the entire galaxy on his Instagram, you know... <laughs> It's tough when you're like, well, I want to, I want to be that guy. It's just like if you're in high school and you see the one kid who got every single pair of shoes that ever came out, and you rocking one pair of shoes all semester, you're gonna want the other shoes. You know what I mean? You know, right. I wish I could have those too. So social media is also, I think, affects athletes that way also, where they're like, oh, I got to get my followers up. I got to get hype. I got to get endorsements. I got to get. So my thing is, man, if any athletes ever listen to this podcast is, you know, use social media for its gifts, uh, but please stay away from the curses because 
You don't want to be Dwayne Haskins out here. Watch out. Watch out for the potholes of social media. Yeah, and, and if, if you're with the girl... And, and, the, and the quicksand. Yeah, if you're with the girl or you're with the guy, man, and they're more, more hype on, you know, putting their Snapchat on your face or something like that, then, then you might want to leave that situation. Um, you know, because now you're not even a part of the situation. You, you basically became uh, a topic. Like, so... No, nah, nah, you have to watch every little move you make now. Nah, so, like, you can't post that. When I'm, when, when I'm around you, Mikhail, you ever see me just pull my phone out and just, like, put you on everything I do? Hey, Mikhail's taking... Uh, uh, getting out the car. Mikhail's over here get that, going and get some 7-Eleven. I don't do that. So, just because you're a celebrity don't mean people got to do that to you either. You know what I mean? So, it's like... You know, be around people that still want to see you without, you know, see you with their eyes, not see you through their telephone. Uh, I think that's important. But uh, but it's a beautiful thing, man. I'm not anti-social media. I think it's a, it's an amazing thing. Uh, you know, speaking of social media and and you mentioned uh, parking lot uh, talk, uh, I just want to give a quick little shout out, man. Like, so obviously we did our first podcast last week and I told you I had, a, a you know, a lot of people reach out, you know, some funny comments. Some, some people had some real comments. Some people had some jokes. But uh, all in all, like it's always good getting any feedback. Uh, but you know, one of my one of my good good friends, man, you, you know him as well, man, Keith. Uh, follow him on Instagram, man. Baker's son. Some of the, shout out to Baker's son. Yo, one of the dopest, uh, one of the dopest artists in the world. And I'm not saying that because I'm I'm his friend. Because I, I, I hate when I have to lie. Like he really is dope, and I got a lot of his pieces all around my house in my office. Um, our work is his artwork is fire, and I, I, I hey Keith, if you listen, I need to get one of them hats, Keith. Oh wow, <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, you heard you heard the man, but uh, but anyway, man, he had he had a funny comment to me. Uh, the last podcast, man, I um I mentioned parking lot conversation, you know, and again, I won't always mention this, but one of the reasons we started this podcast, and I'll say it again, is because you know me and Mikhail, we always used to just you know sometimes weekly, every two weeks get together at a restaurant and just chop it up and talk about life and whatever's going on in that moment, in that day. And then we would end the conversation, pay our bill. And then we would go to the parking lot and talk a little bit more before we left home. So like, yeah. like we would live, we would be in a restaurant talking for about a good hour and a half. Or more sometimes. Finish, yeah. Finish, finish ate our food an hour ago. And we sometimes we'll stay there and be like, Oh, they about to close. Okay. I guess it's time for us to get out of here. Yeah. And then we go and goes to go in the parking lot to talk for another two hours. Yeah, that's how that's how it be, man. So Keith was like, uh, "Yo, y'all gotta make parking lot uh, conversations just like a part of the show." So I was like, "You know what? We're gonna do that." So when we when we say parking lot conversation time, it's basically like our last topic. You know, we're gonna try to wrap it up. You know, because we we don't want to take too much of everybody's time. We hope to leave y'all uh, wanting more for our next podcast. But, uh, but uh, yeah, man, you know, both of us are big NBA fans. And today, you know, the podcast gods, man, kind of kind of shined a light on us, man, gave us a crazy topic to talk about. We was going to talk about the NBA anyways today. But how can we have any NBA conversation today without talking about the blockbuster trade of the season? James Harden <laughs> is a Brooklyn so, uh Right. It's crazy. I mean, I, I guess you could consider it blockbuster. I wouldn't have said blockbuster, but we, we'll roll with that. It's, blo- it's blockbuster, man. It's James Harden. <laughs> it's the beard. He just got teamed up with Kyrie Irving and KD. It, failure or success, that is a blockbuster trade, man. man he needs to shave, shave, shave some of that little beard off, off his belly because hey. it's, it's, it's sticking out a little Look, bit. Man. But it, I, it, is, it is a huge trade. Yes, I have to tell you this is a huge trade because I actually watched the game. They had against the Lakers. Oh man, I, that was a, I was a horrible game as a 
diehard John Wall fan I and Boogie fan, yeah. I felt so, horrible watching So, you know me, like, man, I'm a, I'm a John Wall fan. You know, I'm an NBA League subscriber. So, I've been watching, like, almost all their games. As a matter of fact, I probably watched every James Harden, John Wall game that they played this season uh, on my iPad or on the big TV, if it's on NBA TV or whatever. Even if the trade didn't happen, like I was telling a friend of mine, I was like, I don't really see how James and John work well together because they're both very ball dominant. But what I noticed, man, and again, a lot of people are going to criticize James Harden for not trying hard and kind of giving up on the team. And that's a, and to me, that's a very easy approach at it, right? It's a fault, but it's also a fair criticism. Well, it's a fair criticism. But hear me out, though, right? So the NBA players, I get it. They make millions of dollars. I get it. So, Mikhail, you go into your job tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. And you say, I want to be transferred to a different department. I can't I can't stand this department. I don't want to work in this department no more. Please transfer me to another department. And your company, you know, your boss or whatever says to you, Mikhail, we're going to transfer you to another department. Don't worry about it, right? Right. You come into work the next day, they haven't transferred you yet. Do you think you're going to give the same effort to that department you don't want to be in anymore after they already told you they're going to transfer you? No, but that's the question now. Did they actually tell James that they were going to so transfer him? all reports say the, the Houston Rockets, James Harden had made an official demand for trade, and Houston Rockets have been dealing with trade conversations with teams forever. Most of the big big reporters like, you know, Woj and, and Shams, they were all like, yes, the Houston Rockets had told James Harden they were going to trade him, right? So to mm-hmm. me, when people criticize James for not really – trying hard or meshing with his new teammates and playing hard because he played like crap. He, I, I saw a stat today that said out of all the games played this season, guess who the slowest player in terms of movement has been in the entire league this year? Was, it was James Harden. James Harden. That's ridiculous. He's very- I said, well, to, to, and it's, to mention that one play, is one particular play I saw. Mm-hmm. John Wall caught, a, got, Boogie got the rebound, both to John Wall. John Wall wasn't even dribbling fast. Yeah, dribbled down the court regular, uh-huh. went into went into the lane and pretty much looked in James Harden direction yeah. where he would pass the ball. Literally, the cameras didn't even show him, uh-huh. and John had to turn around and throw it to Boogie, and Boogie shot a three up. Yeah, and so I, I thought that was kind of strange. I was like, why did John Wall like pause in that direction for a quick second? Uh-huh. Then they showed the replay and showed James Harden didn't even really cross half court. Yeah. He was walking. Oh yeah, yeah. And stopped. He stopped a little bit past oh, yeah. half court because he yeah. didn't care. So, so to me, I I get that right, and I'm not trying to give him the 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 pass on it. I'm just saying that <clears throat> if you're a multi million dollar player and you have a career, and, like imagine being told to go out there to to jail and play hard for a team that you know you're gonna get traded any moment possibly, and risk injuring yourself, risk hurting yourself, whatever it may be. Again. I'm not saying that's what I would do. Like, I see a guy like Victor Oladipo, who was a part of this trade as well, who has demanded a trade before the season started. But he still went out there and played his butt off every game. Some players are just built that way. I'm just saying that sometimes... Not, I, but I feel like you still owe it to the guys that you're in the locker room because but, but, their, but, success, but do their you, success depends on what... Well, their success depends on what you do. But do you... Especially if you're... All right, so this is, all right, so this is my point of it, right? Yeah. So the Anthony Davis situation... Yep. Um, he played hard until they sat him, yep. right? Because you still want trade value. My thing with Houston is if you wanted James Harden and James Harden told you, which I don't put the 100%, I don't put 100% of blame on him. No, no, no. 
I put 50% of blame on him, but I put other video in organization. He told you he does not want to be here. What you about to say, I agree with. And I would actually put more blame on the Rockets than 50%. If yeah. if if an employee comes into your office, James Harden, and asks to be traded, and you tell them, yes, we're going to try to trade you to the best place we can get the most for you. At that point, the next move should have been, uh, but until we find that out, Mr. Harden, you're, you're not going to play. Yeah, sit him. Sit him. Just sit him. So straight out, just sit him. So it, it was and it's or it was handled. We're offered like a little, we're offered a little yeah. savage package. Well, look, we're going to pay you a third percent, a third of what we'll pay you yeah. in a regular game until we could trade. It you. was handled piss poorly from that point. So okay, Harden's like, okay, they're forcing me to play. I'm going to play, whatever. Now keep in mind, I saw this sour pretty quickly. Now I, I, you mentioned earlier, diehard John Wall fan. John Wall is probably my my first or second favorite wizard of all time, right? Um, you know who the first one is, or possibly second, is Gilbert Arenas. Agent Zero. Yeah. Agent Zero. For, for me, right? Um, now, the thing is, I know John Wall since he was a little teenager coming to the league. I've watched almost probably 80 to 90% of all his games ever played, right? Yeah, the, I watched him at Kentucky yeah, the, hard when he was right. there. The thing about John Wall is I know who he is personally because I've, I've gotten to know him on the court and I know how he plays. Him and James Harden are cool. They have played with each other in Miami. They've trained with each other for years. They don't have any beef with each other. But when I saw that on the court, I started to realize, okay, John Wall is a, a very blunt, upfront dude. Yeah, he is. And last night after the game, both John Wall and then today, Bookie Cousins, who are another upfront dude. Oh, Bookie's more blunt than John. Well, no, but yeah, Bookie, Bookie's blunt in a different way. John just says what, what's on his mind, but he tries to be as politically correct as possible. He's trying to be respectful yeah, with it. He's always respectful with it, but he'll he'll give you the honest truth. Win, loss, draw, 40-point game, horrible game. John always comes with the same. He's, he's very like, this is what happened, right? To me, I think those players, they feel disrespected that they felt like, all right, it wasn't that James Harden didn't play his best or play hard, but I think they were more mad that he didn't keep it real with them. Yeah. I think those dudes are real. If James had said, came to John or, or or Boogie and been like, look, I don't want to hurt myself and I don't want to play for this franchise no more. It ain't y'all. I don't think they would have cared. Nah, they'd be like, all right, cool. We'll just don't. How about we'll just talk to the coach and we'll give you five minutes a game or well, whatever it is so they trade Whatever. You. Like, just keep it real. Yeah. Just keep it buck. I don't think James did that. And I think that's what kind of messed up a little bit of the of what I Because what I saw on the court, man, the, the games that James didn't play and John Wall played, Houston looked pretty good. Their offense ran very well. John was putting up 28 points, almost 30. He was the early in the season when without James Harden, John Wall was looking sharp. Um, then he came back and played with, with John, and you saw John Wall basically being an off-ball spectator. And that's not his game. And to me, at that point, if they were going to make it work, they should have split the two up in terms of John led, leads the second unit, James leads the exactly. first unit, and they both, you know, play during crunch time. And they they should have been pick and rolling them boys like crazy if they. But I don't think James cared enough. I saw some highlights that someone like put together of, of James playing like like he didn't care, and they were pretty bad. Like they were like, and I guarantee you, when he goes to Brooklyn, you're gonna see a different James Harden out there. Um, now he's motivated again. So I hate that athletes have that control, but I also I'm fine with it. The owners have that kind of control also. So you know what? I'm fine with a player. You know, wants to shake things up. Like good for them. Um, I think there's a way to do it. That what you said earlier about owing it to their teammates. Eh, I I know what you mean. I res I respect players that that feel that way. 
I'm personally of the belief of that is always the best way to do it. But I don't believe that James Harden actually owes anybody anything but himself. And if if I, I got to go out there and play, and I told my ACL tomorrow, but I put up 17 assists to make you look good, what do I owe you? What? Your next contract? No, dude. Your next contract going to give me some money? Yeah, and, and that's and that's my where I said that he owed it to them. Not as I see what you, your point. My point was him saying that my saying that he owes them was that he owes them that if you're gonna step on this court and decide to play, you're gonna play. If you not want to, just 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 tell the coach, yo, oh, yeah, I'm, no, I'm sitting yeah, here. And, and that's my issue. I feel like it was it was done pretty bad. But I feel bad uh for the Houston coach. He had to deal with that after paying his dues for so long and finally getting a head coaching job. And you know, James just didn't want just didn't want to even try with him. But uh, but no, no, that's no, that's fine. I'd yeah. rather James leave early now, and he could build a team out he wants it instead of James being there yeah. for another year with a horrible yeah, situation. For sure. But 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 beside that, just the trade, man. Obviously, I have no. This is man. The Brooklyn Nets are playing with like straight fire. Like this could blow up, or it could be great. I have no freaking clue. I can't call it right now. You got Kyrie Irving. James Harden. Talking about Kyrie. First of all, just before we, I'm glad you brought that name, Kyrie. So, I don't know what Kyrie, what's going on with Kyrie right now. I don't want to speculate because there's been a lot about it. Kyrie's that private. He's a very private person. He never really tells you or the media what's really going on. He'll he throws well, a little tidbits you, to the if, media. Yeah, if you read between the lines, man, he he just had his dad's birthday just came and went, and obviously we know about his father, and we know that he's very. It was a big was his father. Yeah, his father's a big part of his yeah, life. Yeah, so. I'm not saying it's connected to that, but I wouldn't be surprised if that put him in a dark took, spot for a little while. And um, or he just took he just need that personal time to be away and kind of do a little something. Is he handling it the uh, right way? No, I don't agree with that. But I feel like Kyrie is definitely a unique individual that I I don't really know. Like I'm I'm okay with it. Like I feel like. He's just taking his personal days. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, and, I, and I and I and I think he personally had a conversation with KD about what's going on. I hundred percent. Every, uh, everybody was talking about, oh, Kyrie gonna get traded in, the, in part of the trade. I said, not a chance. KD literally put together this team to go play with his buddy Kyrie. Like KD ain't going to trade Kyrie that quickly. They just started playing. No, nah, um, and I'm pretty sure they had that conversation when KD told him like, "Yo, but we need like five a week off. Go ahead, bro. I can hold it down to you. Come back. Yeah. Just, you know, just hit me up. Let me know what's good." But but and he's like, he probably told him, "Yo, I'm coming back. I just need to, yeah. I just need to take care of this." But aside from the personal thing, man, I'm I'm super excited to see this Brooklyn Nets play. They got no real yeah. bench no more. They got one center. <laughs> uh, but I'm telling you, man, if them boys can play together, it's gonna be hard to outscore them. Um, nah, but this all, but this is th- but this is a situation though, right? With those three guys, I want one of them leading the second unit. It's gonna be James Harden. I hope, yeah, because his ISO, because Ky- Kyrie and KD ISO, but they play very well in the context in the context of offense. And, J- and James has already done it with KD in Oklahoma City. Like, yeah, but that's a different you know, that's a different James Harden. I feel though. like James Harden's going. They're all going to start. But I have a feeling that James Harden will be the first sub out and he'll come in early in the second quarter with the bench and then KD and Kyrie will come back in to close halves together. But I think they're going to stagger it where James will come out first and come back in first with the second unit and let him run the show. And then they're going to have to. I mean, obviously, they're going to have to one reason because they don't have a bench. So they're going to have to split it up. It's just this. But when it comes down to closing time, um, 
that's gonna be a scary team to watch, man. We got with Kyrie, Joe Harris, James Harden, KD, and Jeff Green. All five can shoot. All five can handle the ball. All five can make and plays. All, um, and all five ain't scared of our last shot. No, nah, and in reality, none of them are known for their defense. But KD has become enough of a very good uh, rim protector that he provides some sort of defense. You know what I mean? Um, but that's gonna be a scary five. I mean, that's, a, that's almost an all-star five. You know what I mean? Like, like it's going to be scary to, to, to guard them um, and beat them four times out of a seven-game series. It's going to be tough. Um, it's going to be extremely tough. But it's going to be fun. Because, because, because the issue that, that Harden had was that he wears down or fades down towards the, the last, like, the end of the, end of the, um, the game is that mm-hmm. that's, where, that's where KD and Kyrie excel at. Yeah. So it's, it's, I'm, I'm excited for to watch it on the Houston side of it. I honestly think they got better also, man. Like, I mean, obviously they got like, yo, I've never seen this kind of haul. They got four unprotected first-round draft picks. And then the other four. – Yeah, four. And then the other four years, they have the ability to swap with the Brooklyn Nets whatever draft pick is the best. So Exactly. And, and those are unprotected also. So if Brooklyn has some down years coming up and Houston has the, the 20th pick in the draft and Brooklyn got the first pick uh-huh. in the draft – and, and yeah, it's unprotected. So basically, basically, they have the Houston Rockets have eight years of draft control from the Brooklyn Nets, and that's not even included. Well, well they don't have much of their own draft because they gave it away in the Chris Paul trade for Russell Westbrook, which is a horrible trade, by the way. Uh, now looking back at it, but um, but I never liked it to begin with. Nah, we talked about either. it, but yeah, it was, I didn't like it back then. But I mean, that's I guess over and done with. No reason to talk about it now. But but for Houston. I think in the meanwhile, are they a championship team now? No, they weren't a championship team before. But, but I'm kind of excited to see them play now. Now John Wall is the primary facilitator, which he's always best at. You got Victor Oladipo. He, he's a he's a very he's a very good off ball player. Off ball player, Brad Beal light. Not really Brad Beal as good as Bradley, but he John Wall knows how to play with a player like that. And then, I ain't gonna lie, man. My dream scenario mm-hmm. was them to. If there'd have been another deal with because I was hoping another fifth deal would have been made and real Bill would have came over. <laughs> Bill came over to Houston. Look, man. Keep Houston keep the players they keep 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 hey, uh keep Woods, keep we, Boogie, and then let go other people and get Bill. Oh man, that'd be nice. We we haven't talked about it, man, because I, I haven't gotten over it myself yet, man. I dropped a lot of man tears to that John Wall trade to begin with. Uh part of the one of the headlines I guess we're gonna talk about. Man. John Wall is a staple in this community. He's a DC legend, in my opinion. And uh, to have him get traded after working so hard to come back from those injuries, um, I thought was just shameful on the Wizards' part. Yeah, shameful. he never got he never got a chance to play with the improved Bill, like the the, the, not, the past not, two years. Bill. Not not just the improved Bill, but for the first the all-star time, all star Bill. Yeah, not, not just the all star Bill, but for the first time to actually have shooters. Real legit right. shooters. I mean, I mean, I know Thomas Bryant is out for the year now, so I mean, you couldn't have predicted that back then. But you got a five that can shoot. You got Bertans, who's one of the best shooters in the league, hands down. You got you got shooters like Matthew. I mean, they they, they could spread the floor probably better than they ever could in any of the other John Wall teams. And um, John Wall could go back to that time when it was actually when they when they uh, brought Toronto, sent Toronto home in Toronto, where he was averaging. He was averaging t- 10, 11 assists a game. Easy. But I'm excited to see him with Houston now without the cloud of uh, of uh, Harden there. I wish Harden the best, but that was just not fun basketball to watch. It was kind of misery watching that team play when you could tell 
that they Harden didn't want to be there. I think PJ Tucker's probably going next. Yeah, um, I have a feeling they're probably going to trade him. Uh, I think he can be very uh, helpful to certain teams to a, out there. Oh yeah, definitely to a championship team. He's a definitely and asset. I think he's kind of wow. over Houston also because they just they didn't they didn't give him the new contract he wanted. But uh, but big trade, man. I think there's some more trades coming though. Um, I'm calling it out right here on this podcast. I think Cleveland ain't done. Cleveland got Jared Allen from Brooklyn, right? Great mm-hmm. young center, but they have Drummond on their roster also. Yeah, I, I was. I, they I was, got Javale McGee on their thinking, roster. I, I was thinking about it. How much more big men do you need? So clearly, you're gonna be trading one of them. And Kevin Love. So to me, I see Kevin Love possibly being moved somewhere to a contender, because um, Kevin Love can still contribute to a really good team, um, I, at least in my opinion. So a big man that can rebound and shoot threes is valuable to a team that needs him. I don't know who's got the assets to get him, but I can see Cleveland dangling some stuff out. Outside of that, man, the Wizards, Bradley Beal, I just heard report tonight Russell Westbrook is going to be out for another three to four weeks. He had a setback with his quad injury. Thomas Bryant is out for the year. If I'm the Wizards, and I don't want this to happen because I'm a Bradley Beal fan, but if I'm the Wizards, do I not trade him and, and send him to a contender and get whatever I can and just do a rebuild at this point? And then at this point, I thought the Wizards were going to rebuild after they trade John Wall. I thought they were going to get rid of Beal as well, too. I, I honestly thought they were going to rebuild the whole thing. But Now, when they got Russell Westbrook, I knew they were going to try. They were going to try. They're, they're not going to bring in that much money for Russell Westbrook and not try him. No, no, no. This, this, is, no, this is before I knew it was actually um, – uh, Westbrook they traded for the time oh. that they were saying they was gonna they was gonna actually go let the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking, but okay, they 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 probably thinking of rebuilding. For me, if I'm the Washington team, I'm like, I'm gonna call the team who has the most young assets and be like, like Denver Nuggets, for instance. I'm like, look, y'all got draft picks. Give Denver me Michael Porter good, Jr. Denver got Denver got some really good young yeah. assets. I don't know, man. Just give it to me, and y'all got arguably one of the best two guards in the league. And y'all playoff team here have them. Miami, I mean Miami don't have much asset wise, but I mean take whatever young players they got like Hero and Precious, and take the draft well, picks. Well, our two players, I think Miami's not gonna let go of. They let go of Robinson, but I don't think they're gonna let go of Hero or Bam. They definitely if they if they get Bradley Bill, Hero not even on the court anymore. Oh, Bill. Oh, yeah, that's a definite. My fault. Oh, yeah. I'm thinking about somebody else. Bill. No, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bradley Bill. Yo, yeah, they for that. They're trading a package for Bradley Bill, uh, hands down. Um, the question is, will the Wizards trade him though? I don't know, but uh, I feel like this year is already kind of a uh, kind of lost, man. They're like two and nine, three and nine. Injuries no, it's just, piling it, up. It's just funny how the the the, uh, the thought process going to the season was we we don't know if we could trust John's John uh, John Wall's legs, but. We know Russ is proven he doesn't get injured like that, and of course this happens. Russ is the one that's injured. John Wall is playing like yeah, and, he never got injured. And if you're if you're the Wizards, you have to be real honest with yourself, right? Like it's a business. It's a business that goes on beyond these players' careers. There was rumors that Ben Simmons would get traded for James Harden, right? It didn't happen. If you're Washington, you got to be honest with yourselves. You can't compete with Milwaukee. You can't compete with Boston. You can't compete with Brooklyn at this point. You got young teams like Atlanta that are on the rise. You probably can't compete with. You can't compete probably with, with the Hornets, who are nah. coming up right now. Yeah. Too. So, so why don't you take a trade and make like a like? I'm sure the Sixers probably would take Bradley Beal over Ben Simmons. Yeah. You know he's more impactful offensively. Imagine that pick and roll with him and Joel. Like 
that's a that's a great pick and roll set so, right there. So to me, I'm like at this point, this is as a fan, I feel like this team is done. Like as a fan, I'd rather go through a rebuilding process and not be like lied to about some false championship hopes when I know this team ain't got it. So to me, I'm like, go ahead, let the man free, let Bradley go to a team that's contending. Why why waste his prime years the same way y'all wasted John Wall's prime years? Like, just send him somewhere, <laughs> build the assets up, and hope you find some new draft pick, young draft pick, build around Rui, the new kid Denny, and just see what happens. I don't know. Also, it's, also to that the James Harden uh, trade that it was um, inquiring about with um, that was supposed to go to the Sixers. Mm-hmm. Um, I never thought. I didn't think that. I don't think anybody the Sixers, unless the Sixers offer something crazy. I don't think the the president of um, the Rockets is going to do it. Because you just, first of all, you just let go of your uh, GM. Um, and you're going to trade your best player away to the same guy who, let, who you let oh, go. Oh, yeah, no. They, it's, they, not, they, it's not going to happen. They was going, they was going to have to give the, the everything for, for James. Um, and, and Houston wasn't going to let it be cheap at all. Houston was going to let him taste that. Like, oh, yeah. He's yeah. going to ride it out. He's like, you got to give me your soul for that. No, but, but at the not. end of the day, you know, you have a chance to put James Harden with Joel. I mean... You gotta you gotta go for the home run if it's even an option out there. Yeah, but, I mean, because I like I like Ben Simmons, but I'm I'm letting him go for James Harden any yeah. day. So I don't think Houston got any young superstar back, obviously, but I think they got a lot of draft picks back. They they're base they're essentially they're not gonna say it, but they're basically rebuilding because everybody and talk mm-hmm. and go ahead. I'll say and talk about the Seventy Sixers. Um, that with Doc as coaching, they've been looking a lot better. Yeah, lot. I mean Doc, Doc Rivers. Everybody say what they want to say about Doc. He's overrated or whatever. But Doc's teams always win. Does he always win a championship? No. Is he the best X's and O's guys? Maybe not. But Doc Rivers can coach a basketball team. And say what you want to say about him, but his teams always compete and are always they always play well. But another underrated thing is not just Doc Rivers. You got to give it up for Maury and the general manager. Probably for the first time in Joel's career with Ben Simmons, they got shooters on deck. Yeah, you they know, actually got some real you know, shooters. You, yeah. you got Seth Curry. You got Danny Green. Like, the boys can even I, the, even if they're not making their shots, I, I, I saw, they're stretching I, the defenses. I thought Seth Curry was a great pickup, hell of a pickup. for the 76ers. sixers. Hell of a pickup because he's he's a scrappy player and yeah. he's gonna bust that shot when you need him to make it. Yeah, and the thing is, they they can go zero for ten from three, but the fact is, you gotta guard him from three. So because he's gonna make that he's gonna make that eleventh one to yes, win the game, and that opens up the whole paint for Joel. It allows him to basically be a better version of himself, and then Ben Simmons. He got shooters to pass the ball to. It's 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 amazing. So to me, Philly's already a good team. Um, I, I'm kind of glad they didn't make the trade because I kind of want to see Ben and Joel keep going at it because I, I like I like watching Ben. Sim. I think he's got a lot of untapped potential. But uh, but yeah, man. So the first couple of trades went down. I mean, I'm still a little saddened about John Wall, but you know, I've become a little bit of an underground uh, Houston fan a little bit. Just so I, I just want to see him succeed. Um, the Wizards. It was funny. Mm-hmm. It was funny. I was thinking about we were just uh, kind of just brushed past me. I was thinking about the whole thing about Kyrie being out, and it remind me that uh, the time it, it wasn't made a big deal of at that time because yeah. once again social media wasn't all over it like like the like crazy or the, or the media itself wasn't onto it crazy. But it was they were then, but it got sucked over because they won. Um, the time that Dennis Rodman went out <laughs> uh, for the Bulls and he went to. Uh, so he got to get out. He just needs to kind of just get away for a little bit of time. Mm-hmm. And he went to he went to Vegas. He's supposed to be gone for two days and he'll stay for like a week. 
And oh, they, had yeah. to, like, they had to get him back and bring him back. This kind of reminds me of the whole Kyrie situation where they're, they're, they're those type of players where they're great basketball players. They're, they're still going to play basketball, but they have other interests that things that they need to kind of uh-huh. need to get away from a little bit. And, and when they, they come back, they'll be, yeah. they'll, be, they'll be fully rejuvenated when he comes back. But they get away from a little bit. But they also weren't criticized much for any of that stuff. So, but anyways, that's social media, man. But anyway, to wrap it up, man, real quick, I know, uh, you know, we want to close it out soon. But uh, I know you, I know you're a big fan of Melo, man. You think he's a rookie of the year? Um, it's hard to say right now, but he got my vote because okay. Although uh, this, I'm gonna explain why. I, I might be a little bit biased, but I'm gonna explain why. So I'm watching. Um, first of all, before I, I made that like rookie of the year disclaimer. Uh, Trey Young has been playing lights out. I've seen the progression of him for the past like two, was two, three, three years now. He's, he's, he's holding his own. I just want to say that real mm-hmm. quick because uh, mm-hmm. he's one of those people where I thought I wasn't too sure was going to progress into a great player after his first year. But the reason why I say that is because I feel like that's – Melo has already progressed what Trey Young has did his first year from just how he reads the floor. Um, for, first of all, people underestimate how tall he is. The 6'8 frame, he uses it for rebounds. Mm-hmm. He, he uses it extremely well he's for already, rebounding. He's already their best rebounder. Yeah, and and he never showed that before, which got me excited. We watch, I've watched other games with him, and he's never showed the enthusiasm for rebounding. And I was like, this man is really using his full six eight frame to get rebounds. His mentality, when subtle mentality, when he does, when he makes certain plays, where he how he reads the defense. Um, we all know he's a great passer already because we've seen it already. Mm-hmm. But it's how he's as the games progress. I've seen from games to two. Through nine, I've seen the progression of how he reads, or he's not going as fast. He changes tempos, uh, uh, how the speed dribble to slowing down to the to the off dribble to make to to pass the ball to make the right read. I'm like, this man is he's already like as a rookie in the only spot. Yeah, and I just seeing the way he's been reading the court is a very good so far for for a rookie to understanding how the gameplay is and understanding the aspects of it where he's not going too fast. Uh, so far, I think he's improving. He's improving every game, and he could have been the youngest. Could have been the youngest to ever to get a triple double. Well, he, he, he was. He, yeah, well, uh, that's true. He was he, in he, that game. He, out, he got the, I, he got I, the next against game against his brother. Against his brother. That's yeah, what he, I really wanted yeah. to see it. And, and it, it's crazy. Like uh, his brother was also the youngest at one point to get a triple double. So because of that, at one point, both brothers were the, the youngest ever to have a triple double ever. Lonzo. Uh, broke uh, Michael Jordan. I'm not Michael Jordan. LeBron James record, and um, and then I think who came in after uh, Lonzo? I forget who the next player was that broke his record. And then uh, Lamelo got the record back for the Ball Brothers. So shout out to Lavar Ball, man. That's that's incredible to raise two sons that both went to the league and both at one point of their careers were the youngest ever to have a triple double. That's pretty dope, man. Um, like shout out to him for all the craziness to say. Shout out to him. But I, I agree with everything you're saying, man. I think LaMelo right now to me is um, ah, I think he's probably the lead for rookie of the year because I just think there's not many other players that's really doing their thing right now. Uh, the only other player that I think might challenge him is actually kind of underrated and a lot of people aren't talking about him. But Sacramento got one with Tyrese Halliburton. Um, yeah. That boy that boy is like legitimate. Like to me, he's my probably the best rookie for me, like my opinion, if I had a vote. But Lamelo obviously got probably a lot, of, a lot of the media attention. But right now for Lamelo, man, I know I called it a hot take from you about him becoming great or whatever. 
But right now, I feel like LaMelo has a lot of empty calories. Like, you can eat LaMelo chips all day and you won't get full off it. Like, I really want to see how teams treat him when they game plan him, when he has to do more than just shoot those crazy threes or run run a fast break or, you know, a, a broken offense and make a play crazy pass. I'm really curious to see how LaMelo plays when he's, like, legit the center of the defense's attention. Um, yeah, and that's going to prove it, prove yeah. his worth. Because so right curious. now, because yeah. right now, teams before that the scouting report was, yo, let him shoot that three. Yeah. Last two last two games I've watched, t- they're actually pressing him right now on the three-point line. So they're starting to respect his shooting a lot more now. Yeah, so, but but he, but overall, he's super fun, man. I, I like him. I also don't know how great of a defensive player he'll be, like, on ball. But overall, I'm a I'm a I'm a Melo fan, man. I'm a Lonzo fan. I'm a ball brother fan. So I'm, I'm I love I love I love the way their father raised him. I'm yeah, being I, real. I, I think it's great. I mean, you can say whatever you want about that man. I'm pretty sure his children love him. His wife loves him. He is who he is. But he's in their lives, and you know what? Shout out to him. But um, yeah, man, I'm I'm excited to watch Melo play, man. I I, I really really do enjoy his play. The Wizards rookie is pretty good, too. I think he's got all the intangibles. I just don't think he's been, like, taking off the leash yet where he can be, like, do whatever he wants to do. Um, but uh, but it's going to be interesting. The boy in Golden State, Wiseman, that boy's big and strong, man. He's got game. Um, he can shoot. I, li- he can I really like Wiseman. I, we, we, yeah. we talked about it before where I, was, I told you that because of Wiseman, I have faith in Golden State for the next couple of years. Yeah, I mean, if they, if they get healthy, right, play play back, hopefully. I mean, I pray Clay's, Clay comes back healthy. But I like him. And, and I even like the first pick in the draft, man. Anthony Edwards got bounced, man. He, he's an interesting player. But I, I'm really curious to see how he's going to be in Minnesota. I feel like Minnesota's a little weird team right now. But I think he's got all the, the tools to be a, a, a career 20-plus game scored without a problem. He's just that good. I, but, but, but the reason um, why I really like Wiseman is because Draymond is there to teach him. Because oh, he's, yeah. he's, oh, I think he's lacking the first couple of games with the confidence. And I saw the confidence start building up. I'm like, yo, this guy's going to be great. Draymond's there to teach him the aspects, the nuances of, of, the, of the game. Because he, the, ta- the, oh, yeah, the no. talent is there. I mean, the talent is there. So we'll yeah, see. Yeah, no, Wiseman, Wiseman's going to be a beast, man. Uh, he's got all the physical abilities. Uh, and if he starts really getting confident with that outside shot, uh, it's a wrap. I mean, he's going to be really good. Um, but yeah, man, the NBA season, I mean, we'll probably be talking about it as we go through the rest of this podcast, cause it's still a very young season, but, uh, uh, first blockbuster trade went down, man. I'm excited to see that first Brooklyn Nets game with all three of them boys. I'm excited to see John Wall find, I guess it's his team now in Houston. See how he, how he runs that, that team. Um, you know, LeBron and it's the Lakers and Clippers still, they're, they're, they're racing towards each other for a playoff battle. Hopefully this and year. I still don't, and I still um, don't trust the Clippers, but yeah. You you know what? I trust them more this year than last year. I think last year they got they got humbled. Um, one and two. Believe it or not, I won't go into this too much detail. But one of the most underrated signings of the year for any team in the league, Nicholas Batum for the Clippers. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good. That's a good pick. Like, that's actually a good thing he, you brought that up. Yo, he's playing like Portland Trailblazers, Nicholas Batum, and he doesn't have to do much of anything. And in the Serge Ibaka pickup, like people forget. Serge is a beast. Like, Serge can play. He can shoot the ball from three. Like, when they, if they play the Lakers, Anthony Davis has to guard him at the three-point line. You know Serge, what I mean? Serge's like, defense was kind of suspect the first four or five games, but he's kind of stepped it up a little well, bit. Well, on ball, I mean, he's getting older. But what I'm saying is, like, offensively, 
he makes the Lakers, which their defense is amazing, it makes it a little bit more difficult because Anthony Davis can't just, like, sleep on Zubac all day like last year for the Clippers. Like, Ibaka can play, and now Zubac can come off the bench. So if he was a starter last year, he's even better coming off the bench against lesser-tier players. So the Clippers, I think, still need to make a trade. I think they need a point guard. <laughs> but uh, I'm a little bit more confident in them this year than I was last year, but it's still the Lakers for me right now. But uh, but anyways, man, that's the NBA. But uh, parking lot conversations, man, you know, you got the remote start in your car. I'm sure you already started it. Um, <laughs> you know, but, uh, but man, we, we did it, man. We already uh, – you know, surpassed the goal of doing one podcast, man. We've already doubled up. We're on episode two now. Um, you know, it's it's been fun. We'll continue to do this. Like, I, I don't know what it what it's coming to or what it's going to be in the future, but, you know, uh, we hope to bring, you know, whoever's listening out there some sort of content, you know, at least at least every two weeks around that time frame. Um, you know, we're doing the best we can. You know, life is life and we're going to make, you know, room for this uh, hobby of ours, I guess, as best as we can. But, uh, but yeah, man, shout out to you again, man. I uh, had a great time talking to you tonight, bro. Um, you got any couple last words to say anything? No, just thank you, everybody. Let's uh, listen to the first episode. Um, when also we listen to episode two as well, too. Definitely more content coming. We're definitely gonna uh, talk our social, we're gonna have a little more episodes coming with the social media talk as well, too. And of course, naturally, parking lot talk is gonna be our staple thing. So um yeah. yeah we go we go we're gonna wrap it up with parking lot talk, man. And and like I said, uh feedback is always appreciated. Please follow us, man. You know, Dirty Nappies Pod on Instagram and uh Dirty Nappies Pod on Twitter. Uh, you know, link in bio of Instagram and Twitter. I mean, we're basically available where all podcasts, you know, wherever you get your podcasts from, well, you know, we're there. So, uh, you know, uh, we, we appreciate that. Um, and like I said, we're not structured, man. So our topics can change all the time. If you guys ever want to, you know, bring up a topic or hear our opinion on something, you know, just shout us a anonymous DM or whatever. Uh, we'll, we'll make sure to touch base on that. And, um, you know, and, and look out for this, man. I'll finish with this. We have a couple people that have already said they would love to join us on the podcast. I won't mention any names, but just know that we have a list and we are cooking. Um, you know, maybe after a few episodes, we get our feet wet. We got a couple people that we want to bring on to the podcast that we've already talked to and they want to share, you know, share their lives with, with us. So, uh, it'd be, it'd be fun to, to bring in other people and hear about, you know, what's popping in their lives. But, uh, but anyways, man, um, this is K the King. Follow me on IG. That's my brother over there. Spantown Shaka. Follow him also. Uh, yes, appreciate, appreciate y'all for tuning in and, uh, We'll catch y'all next time on uh, Dirty Nappies Podcast. We'll see you on episode three. Peace.